Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Real Time Prince with Prince Blue, and it is 8 p.m. It's 8 p.m., y'all. And as you can see, it must be a special episode because I'm all sixered up. I wonder what's going on tonight. Um, it's the NBA draft. So, and as you know, um, it's not a... This has not been a normal 2020. It has not been a normal season for the Sixers. However, that all changed when the Sixers decided to get rid of Brett Brown, to get rid of all that other gunk that was here, including Al Horford, and we got Doc Rivers as the GM, I mean, as the head coach and making strong basketball decisions. We also got uh, Daryl Morey, who, if you know, he was responsible for that whole resurgence in Houston. Very smart G, uh, president of basketball op guy, well-respected around the league. He knows how to do a lot with less, which doesn't matter to the Sixers, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, because we got a lot. We got Ben Simmons and we got MB. We just need to get shooters around him and we also got Tobias Harris but we're going to get into all of that um as you always know we're brought to you by Last Out Media and I have a very special guest with me today he's my guy who I go to for all my Sixers information um he's the creator and host of for for the money in my opinion the most popular podcast when it comes to Sixers and basketball talk that's my man, Big T. Will from the Full Court Press podcast. Um, what's up, T. Will? T. Will. Prince, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you pretty good, but um, what's up with you? Man, I'm just thank thankful for having me, man. You know? Oh, you know, if we talk at Sixers and we doing anything Sixers in basketball, we had to reach out to people that know what the hell we talk about. And um, you're definitely uh, one of my main people I go to talk to. So um, let's just dig right into it. Let's start with the Al Horford move uh, trade OKC for Danny Green and I think some, some type of um, exceptions. Tell me about that move. I think I lost you, but I'm trying to come back to you. Okay, you hear me now? Yeah, yeah now I, I can you. hear you. Okay, okay ask your question part, again. Uh, okay, I was like, I was saying, tell me about the um, Al Horford move and what you like about it, what you didn't like about it, and what does it mean going forward? <laughs> well, I love the move. Any any knowledgeable Sixer fan should love this move. I mean, you you just freed up three years of Al Horford's terrible contract and like that ninety million he was getting, and you basically dumped it. So you created yourself some cap space. So now you have money and opportunity to bring in mid-level shooters. You got rid of some of the concrete that I always talk about that's on the court. So the court opens up a little bit. I mean, when you see some, when you see flash across the TV or your phone and it says Danny Green. 
You're like, ah, Danny Green. But Danny Green is on an expiring contract of $14 million. You got to understand, that's wizardry right there, what Maury did. Maury has freed up uh, so much money and gave the Sixers something they did not have going into the draft, which was cap space. Now they have cap space to make another deal. And who knows, getting Terrence Ferguson is a is a key component because that's an asset you could take with Danny Green or without Danny Green and flip it into something else. I really think the Sixers are going to make another move, Prince. You know what? And and my first, you know, when you hear Danny Green, you're like, okay, because it's recency bias, right? We all remember the memes and the jokes of him missing the open shot in in the playoffs, but he's a three and D guy. He's a he's a very very good shooter from three point, and that's that's what we wanted, right? That's what that's what our whole Achilles heel was with the Sixers. We didn't have shooters, right? So we get shooters, and of course, typical uh, Philly uh, Sixer fan reaction is why him? Because people had their mindset on a certain guy and thinking they can trade peanuts for something, but you of all people know. T will, especially with Daryl Morey, there's levels to this shit. He's always three moves ahead. So it's like this isn't the only move that's going to be made. Am I, am I wrong to think that? Nah, man. Like you and I talk all the time. The, the, Daryl Morey's on another level. This is just a piece. This is a pawn. You know, this is something he just put on the on the playing field saying, okay, now I got this to work with. You got to understand, man, the Sixers were so cap-strapped, they really couldn't do anything unless they moved Tobias Harris's contract or Al Horford. So now you move Horford's contract, okay? That's going out the way. Now you have two favorable contracts you can dangle out there with a Josh Richardson, the Terrence Ferguson. You could put together a nice package, go after maybe a Buddy Heald in Sacramento, bring in another shooter that can play off the ball and pick and roll in Doc's offense. Now, you know, there's a lot of smoke with the Zach Levine. Me, personally, I'm not a big Zach Levine fan. I think he's a solid player. I think he's good. But he's got injury issues just like Ben. You know, other teams is looking at, okay, you got to add Ben Simmons to the package. But if I'm a GM, I'm asking these questions. How's Ben's back? Because he's had a bad back problem the last two seasons. How's Ben's knee injury? He's just coming off of a surgery from the bubble. See, all these things come into play. And another thing, I keep saying that, oh, well, you're not going to trade a superstar for peanuts. Well, actually, you are. Because if you look at the NBA history and the, the people who get traded, all the superstars, those other teams don't get a lot back. The only person who really got traded for something that was worth anything was AD last season, where New Orleans got Brandon Ingram, uh, Ball, Josh Hart, that deal right there was the only deal really that was like, okay, it worked out for both teams. So you look past other than AD superstars get traded for peanuts all the time. Right. It, it happens. It, it's just part of the NBA. You're not going to trade a superstar for superstar. Now, Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo, where it is, they have no draft draft value. Why do they, why don't they have any trade value? Excuse me. They don't have any trade value because of the annex they bring to the team. And a lot of teams aren't going to pay that kind of money for that situation to deal with. So it's better for 
the person who wants Russell Westbrook, maybe the Knicks, they could just sit and wait. They don't have to make a move. Same with Daryl Morey, with James Harden. James Harden was real. But he doesn't have to go after James Harden. James Harden still has two years left on his deal. And technically, he can't opt out till next season. He can't opt out this season. So when people say he lose, he's leaving $50 million on the table, uh, he's not really leaving $50 million on the table because he's still on the contract this year and next year. First of all, can we talk about how loaded you are to leave $100 million on the table? <laughs> I mean, Tricks. like, like God, listen, it would have hurt my heart to say no. <laughs> Yo, that, that's like that meme. Fifty million dollars. Who'd you rob? <laughs> Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> Fifty million dollars. You know what, T. Well, you said something in that last little nugget, and that's why I like. Um, that's why I like your podcast because you say little things that people. Either they gloss over it, they don't catch. You said what well, Russell Westbrook and Oladipo, they come with antics. Now we know Westbrook has antics. What what are you hearing about Oladipo? Because this is I see little things like him saying he wanna come back, he opt in for co- opt out for COVID, opt back in as soon as the season gets close. It does he have a little bit of baggage as well? Uh, he's starting to come out. You know, it's starting to leak out about him being a, a team guy first, a uh, locker room guy. So, you know, I guess he kind of felt some type of way, the way he, the team I maybe didn't support him during his knee injury. Uh, mm-hmm. He came back. There was a couple of those three teams they played against. Um, and Oladipo said to the bench, come get me. I'll play for y'all. And I, it mm-hmm. didn't set well with players in the locker room. So there was a little, you know, a little riff with that. But like I said, these are all just little things that leak out. But that hurts your that hurts your your stock later. Mm-hmm. So it, this I could be wrong, you know. I can only go mm-hmm. by the tea leaves that are dropped. So if if Oladipo got a little baggage that we never saw, he would have been traded by now. He would have got his wish. Indiana might have made a move to build around him. You never know, Prince. You don't you don't know these things until. You start looking at little de- little details. And like you said, don't gloss over the big picture. Because when you gloss over the big picture, you're going to miss something. And now you're saying, well, wait a minute. Russell, Russell, Russell Westbrook is this all-NBA, all all-all-star player. You know, why wouldn't you want somebody like that? Well, he's about to be on his third team in three, four years. Victor yeah. Oladipo. Victor Oladipo was with the Thunder with Westbrook, went to Indiana, came out hard against LeBron and the Clippers, got injured, and you thought Indiana had something. Now, all of a sudden, Indiana's falling apart. They played better without him. Oh, so T. Will, uh, uh, Minnesota just made their first pick, the first overall pick, and it's Anthony Edwards. To talk about a little bit about the draft, um, what do you think about Anthony Edwards and his fit in the Timberwolves, and what kind of player are they getting? Anthony Edwards is is NBA ready. You know he's got he's got the dog in him. He can score on three levels. He's got to get his three point shot up. He's only shooting like twenty nine percent from the arc. He's definitely got to get that up. He's got to get his foul shooting up. But overall, he's NBA ready. I think personally, I would if Minnesota needed to fit. You know they already got D'Angelo Russell, so. It's a good backcourt putting those two together because he can play off the ball as well. Uh, 
with rookies coming in in the NBA, and especially this, the, these, these three, these top three right now, outside these top three, you're not really going to get much. You're going to be reaching. You're going to try to look for a solid player like Landry Shamrock. You're going to look for a solid player like uh, Matisse Thybul, mm. uh, Tyler Hero. You know, that's what you're looking for in this draft. You're looking – you got to dig deep because outside the top three, it's not pretty much – it's pretty much trash, I'm just going to say. This this class right here is not that great, all right? Next year's class might be a little bit better. Um, and we got robbed. Like, like, real talk, we got robbed with COVID. COVID hit in March. That's when March Madness started, was supposed to start. That same week, it was they were having tournaments and canceling first-round tournaments of like the ACC, the MAC, the the um, the uh, Big Ten, all that, all that was getting canceled right before the hmm. tournament started. So we got robbed from seeing these players grow. You know, someone could have stood out throughout the tournament and rose and raised their uh, capital and raised their draft capital, but we don't know that now. How much basketball that- have these guys? How much basketball have these guys really played from now from then to now, <laughs> Prince? <laughs> Not a lot, unless you count like the AAU. But that, and that also brings me around to T. Will. This is what Daryl Morey does, and I think like those second round picks. Since we didn't have that tournament, and Cream didn't rise to the top, and guys didn't shoot draft boards, this is where he can find those gems where he can like, hey, he, this guy wasn't shown on the national stage, so people are not paying attention. And, you know, Daryl Morey can get a couple guys where we'll be like, who? From where? He's not in one of the major conferences. Who is this? And then this guy is lighting it up in the NBA. So I I also, I definitely get what you're saying, how, you know, we got robbed because of COVID and we're not seeing a lot of these guys. So we don't know what we're getting outside of the top three. But it's also intriguing because, you know, as well as I know, watching the game a lot, when you see so many the classes that are over overhyped, underwhelmed, and the classes where you're like they're trash, guys overachieve. So that's gonna be the fun part. But from a Sixers perspective, you're in the you're in the front office. I mean, I know the easy question uh, the easy answer is shooters. What is Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey looking for? They're looking for guys that can uh, play off the ball and create. That was the Sixers' uh, downfall last season. They didn't have anyone who could play off the ball and create. And, you know, I heard someone drop a nugget earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was today or this week. If you think back to when the Sixers had Ilyasova, Bellinelli, and uh, J.J. Redick, right, and they made that run, nobody complained about Ben and Joe playing together. Nobody. Because they was winning. Winning cures all. And they had guys on the court that could spread the court and shoot the rock. Now, we know their downfall. Their downfall was playing D. They couldn't play defense, and they got exposed. So you have to you have to counterbalance that. So the Sixers tried to go all in and thought they could get that with Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, you know, the next few seasons, and we saw how that all played out. But mm. now you got Doc Rivers' offense, which is – excuse me, a um, pick-and-roll motion-type offense. So he's going to need people to play off the bounce. Need Embiid to come in shape, set some good picks. You're going to need uh, your guys to stay focused, and you're going to have to knock down the shot when you open. 
this is what Daryl Morey did. He just created cap space for Doc Rivers to go get one of these guys, to go get some of these guys that can play off the bounce and play D. I mean, let's be real. The perfect three and D guy in the NBA is Klay Thompson. You know, and then number and and then he's one and one A is CJ McCullough. So those mm-hmm. two right there are are the prototypical guys you're looking for. If you can find me a Tyler Hero in this draft, man, go get him. Go get mm-hmm. him because under Doc's tutelage uh, and his tutelage and his assistance that he put together, it's going to be worth something. It's going to be worth something for you, the value of the team later on as the team plays together throughout the season. T. Will, uh, you again, you just said something that we all like probably not basketball, um, you know, uh, I would say casual fans would notice. But, you know, lifers and people that know the game would notice. You just said something again. And B will have to set good picks. How many times have we seen games where those picks were lazy, lacking? There was no effort in the picks. So the offense looked trash. I, to me, I love this Doc. This Doc Rivers move is so good because he's going to have to break these bad habits down. He's going to have to break these guys out of that, out of that sorry Brett Brown stuff that they used to do and get away with and not be able to um, to maximize their talent. And, and the second part of that is you said guys that can create off the bounce. So with what you're hearing and what you also know about Doc Rivers, will Ben be put back at the one? Doc doesn't play a uh, position basketball. He said it. Okay. They're positionless. I mean, you could look back at the last team he had with uh, with Kawhi and PG. He ran Kawhi at the point. Mm-hmm. So it, it basically just it, – it means he wants the best five guys on the court, but he also wants the guys that's going to create space and give movement in his offense. And having Al Horford there on the team, that doesn't give you any movement. I've said it on, my, on the podcast. I've said it to you also. It's like playing in cement. You know, you got to break up the cement and get some motion and some fluid out there. Now you have a little motion and fluid because when Al, Ben, and Embiid were on the court under Brett Brown, there was no motion. There was no desire. Everything was clogged up. Al Horford's not that guy that, that's going to shoot threes like he did in Florida and then coming out and now he played in Atlanta and his early year in uh, Boston. That's not the Al Horford the Sixers guy. Embiid was going to do what Embiid wanted to do because he got away with a lot of things under Brett Brown. Ben Simmons did what Ben Simmons wanted to do because they got away with a lot of stuff under Brett Brown. So now it's like, all right, boom, we got rid of Brett Brown. Now you have a real NBA coach, you got a real NBA staff, and a real NBA front office. Y'all two jokers ain't going to get away with all that stuff y'all got away with with Brett Brown. I don't give a damn if you're friends with the uh, co-owner or not, and if you laying up in his high-riser in Philly or not. The the co-owner ain't coaching the team. The co-owner is not going to get you that chip. Your coach is going to get you that chip if you listen. So they got to listen. If they got to listen, it's all on them. There's no more excuses. Oh, uh, T-Will, just now the Golden State made the second pick. They picked James Wiseman, center from Memphis, uh, down there with my guy, uh, Penny Hardaway, one of my favorite players to watch of all time. Um, What do you think about that move for Golden State? And also – 
Did you think they would go different, especially with the Clay Thompson news that just came out? No, they did the right thing. You picked the best guy on the board. That's for your team. Golden State doesn't have a big man. Wiseman is uh, almost like a Chris Bosh type player. So he could grow into his body and, and become a, a real decent player, real big. He's athletic. So Golden State needed that. Now, I don't know if he's going to start. They, they're they going to need a vet probably to start mm-hmm. and teach this kid how to play down low. And you got Draymond Green still down there. So he's going to get raw real quick playing underneath Draymond Green. But uh, Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson's uh, injury – Right now, it's an unknown. He, you know, he has a lower injury to his right leg. It's his off leg from the uh, surgery on the left leg. You just don't know. Does all we know is he has an injury. You stick with what you got. You draft the best player, and you worry about that later. You know, Golden State is. You got Curry coming back, so you're going to make the playoffs, but you're not going to win a championship unless you have uh, Thompson out there with Curry. That's the difference right now. You see what I'm saying? You got yeah. elite. You got a lethal backcourt with Curry and and Thompson. You got a playoff team with just Curry and Green. You have no playoffs with neither one of them. And we saw it. And they still got, um, what's his face? Super underachiever. What's his name? Uh, Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Remember uh, Lose for Wiggins? (laughs) Yeah. Remember that campaign? Win, winless for Wiggins. I was winless on board with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I was on board with it. I really was. Everybody was. That's right. Like every, hey, Prince, just like everybody wanted trash the, the Colangelo for taking Markel Fultz. We all league, wanted him. Everybody in the league said Markel Fultz was the consensus number one draft pick. Don't bring up him. I just erased him from my uh Sixers history. <laughs> like in 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 history, if my, when I sit down with my grandkids and they're like, "Dad, like uh, you never talk about this year. Who was the pick then?" I will legit draw a blank. It'll be like when people ask me about OJ, I'll be like, "Who?" Like <laughs> I I don't know who that is. Like you, you talk about OJ, I don't know who that is. But hey, um, hey, hey, Prince, they mentioned OJ to you. You say, go get me a cup and an ice, all right? <laughs> Listen, now I'll be, I'll be looking. Look, it'd be like that meme with the kid with the cup getting uh, some more soda. I'll be like, like just don't, <laughs> don't mention that. But let me ask you this, T. Will. Um, with Ben, um, I think people got super hyped about the idea of a Harden. But let's break it down. I get it. I get it. Ben Simmons does not shoot. I get it. I got you. But you have legit a six foot ten, athletic, smart, defensive minded, and can score. He can score. He's not a shooter, but he can score. 24 year old that's twice all star, all defensive. And he hasn't even touched anywhere near his surface. And if y'all saying he can't play with Embiid now, or he didn't, or Embiid don't like playing with him, why would they think ISO boy, well ISO man, Harden would mess with Embiid? I'm just trying to figure out why people just super jumped on the whole trade him, trade him, trade him. And I'm like, do y'all realize what y'all are saying? Can you break that down? pros and cons of that 
Well, hit the at the actual con. You already said it is the jumper. That's what everyone's hooked on. You know, mm-hmm. Ben won't shoot. I don't know if it's a, a shooter blockage he has, or he just he just won't pull the trigger. So you know, after three seasons, people are tired of it. But you got to see what Ben actually does for the game, fam. Like Ben's twenty four years old, like you stated, right? Harden's mm-hmm. thirty one years old. Harden sees his window opportunity closing. That's why he wants to latch on to a contender to try to get a chance to a championship. Kobe Bryant said it. Rest in peace to Mamba. He said if James Harden doesn't change his game or the style he plays, he will never win an NBA championship. Rest in peace, Kobe. And listen, you want to talk about some of the most cerebral, I mean, like, Eat, live, shit the game. That would be Kobe Bryant. Like, he just knew what it takes to win. And if he's looking at an elite Hall of Fame scoring offensive threat talent and telling you, you can't win. Like, he he never said that about AI. He said, you got to put something around AI. And if AI was six foot five, we will all be in trouble. But for Harden, he simply said, do you not going to win playing that style? That yeah. shows you, that shows you, that's, that's, there's some facts to that. Right. So that's why Harden saying, look, I can't, maybe he's coming around to us saying, look, I can't do it anymore by myself the way the style was set up. And let's be honest, Maury set that offense up around Harden, which the coach wanted. That was the style that, was the style that D'Antoni ran. So that all fit Harden playing like that. When Harden, when before Harden came to uh, Houston, when he was the first guy off the bench in OKC, he wasn't like that because that's not the mm-hmm. style that Scott Brooks ran. It was a different offense. I think personally, just to get back to your pros and cons, you know that that's the issue with Ben because he won't shoot the ball. But let me show you, let me tell you on the the pro side of why you don't trade Ben. Okay, Ben is an elite defender. Harden's not going to give you the defense Ben gives you. Ben almost led the league. I think he was either one or two in the league in steals. Harden's not going to give you that. Ben's fingerprints are all over the court, and it's not just with scoring. Every angle, angle, Prince. People tell you all the time, what is your your definition as a point guard? Your point guard is your general. He's your guy who controls the game, gets players in the position they need to play, and, and facilitates. Ben is a facilitator. He, he can average a triple-double every night if he wanted to. He, and he doesn't get tired. He runs up and down the court he's, for the whole 40 years. Westbrookish AIs where he just – he's never sweating. I've never seen Ben Simmons sweat. I'm only just going to be honest. See- only time you'll see Ben Simmons sweat if you spill some Gatorade on him. All right. <laughs> only time you'll see or if he has a free throw line. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm glad, right, you, <laughs> yo, I'm glad you said that real quick because those, the, the, what I want from Ben, what I want from Ben, and this is my opinion. I don't I don't give a damn about anyone else's opinion. This is my opinion. I want, opinion. <laughs> I want Ben to be a better foul shooter. Okay, be a better foul shooter. You could create so much more for your team and opportunity for open shots if you were a better foul shooter. 
You wouldn't have to play defense the whole game. You don't like to play defense in the fourth quarter for the last four minutes of the game. You know why? Yeah, like because you put the team, you put pressure on the team and have them in foul trouble, and they got their second line guys in, you know, and their B and C level guys in because their first line and the and the starters are all in foul trouble because you put that pressure on them. So now they can't come back in the game and guard you the way they guard you because you are an 80% foul shooter. You're going to take it to the hole. You're 6'10", and you're Giselle going to the basket. Can't nobody stop you going to the basket. And UNMB need to own that. that that's the concept they don't understand. Them two own that, and, and, we're, and if they're better at the foul line, the Sixers will have no issue, no issue with these little bulls. But they have I- problems. I swear, people. I just think the NBA, honestly, I'm gonna be real. I think the NBA is like this: if we separate them two, we're good. If those two stay together and realize their potential, we're talking about Philadelphia for the next five years. And I think people need to understand that. Like, it's like Penny and Shaq. Like, great combos. Like, they always try to say it's such, such, such team, and they try to get in there, and they try to break it up. I'm telling you, you've seen it every single time. Even when LeBron went to Miami, whose team is it? Like, who cares? Win. Just win. And I feel like Sixers fans need to understand that, that Ben and Joel, this is what the process was about. We complained about wanting this type of talent and generational talent and now we got it and y'all want to trade them because they they're not they didn't come in like bird and magic did four years fully developed let's go that's not the game now like you got to be patient with these young bulls you got to develop these young bulls because they're they're what you're a brand what at 10 now t will in the aau circuit like they know when Hey, you got a Nike's like you got a top pick here, like, and then they're like, okay, you could jump high, you could dunk. Don't worry about the fundamentals. You gotta understand, you gotta develop these young bulls. You can't just give up on them because you see them, they late bloomers, they go somewhere else and they blossom, and then you're sitting there like, damn, we had Ben Simmons, we we was mad because he wouldn't shoot a jump shot, but now he's. He's MVPs and stuff. That's you just you just can't do it, man. You especially with Doc. What do we all complain about? We said, get me a real coach and a real system, and then if it doesn't work, then we'll visit. Now we got that, and people. The first thing they saw was, okay, Maury, okay, Harden, throw him away. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, man. It's people. It's like when you see that car coming off the car lot. And you at the red light, right? And you see mm-hmm. that car make that left turn in front of you. He's like, oh, I got to get that. But that man, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. When they see Harden wanting out in Houston. They want that real quick. Not knowing what you have is just as good as that car pulling out the lot. You see what I'm saying? You, you and gotta, it's yours. And it's, it's yours. yours already. It's yours already. Right. So you ain't got to trade it in. You ain't got to do nothing. It's yours you already. Gotta you got to make pricks. You ain't got to make no payments. You ain't got to worry about nothing. You ain't got to worry about nothing. It's already in your household. You see what I'm saying? You got to understand, man. Ben and Joe, they weren't coached properly. 
they they were they were under some uh I would say like they were under like a spell of being nurtured and the nurturing is was never cut off. So now the nurturing is cut off. They're not nurtured and they're not here to be nurtured anymore. These fools, if they if they say they want to win and they want to be the best at, at their position and be the best for the city and be the best for Philly, well, you got the best opportunity to do that right now, this season or next season. Don't rob if, Doc Rivers the opportunity of coaching these two guys who won about 65% of the games when they play together. And like I said earlier, no one was complaining in, in 17 and 8 and early 16 and 17. Nobody was complaining when they had shooters around them, when the floor was space. Nobody. Now, all of a sudden, everybody was is complaining that they can't play together. But we was very high on that run when they won the 16, the last 16 games, and then B came back for the playoffs. We was very high. And uh, um, forgive me, T-Will, but who was the point guard when – um? We went on that sixteen. We went on that sixteen game run. It was some twenty two year old kid, twenty three year old kid who's six ten, high yellow, uh, arm length about seven foot, and he could jump out the building and run track all day. It was huh. Ben Simmons, and no and one was he, about his jump shot. Right, and was he shooting the lights out? I think he was like 18, 11, and like ten or something down that stretch. No, he we weren't mad then. Because we was winning. We had JJ Reddick, you had Bellinelli, you had Ilyasova. You had guys around them that, that opened the court up and made Ben look dominant. This is the stop. This is what happened. We we tried to accelerate the process and we got caught. We got caught looking. Oh man. Yeah, we you know. Could you imagine if we still imagine the whole Jimmy Butler thing didn't happen? Can you imagine Dal Morey with those assets now? I'd be honest with you. Real talk, if if they still had one or two is going to have to go, Prince. It wasn't going to be Brett and Jimmy. I mean, so if you had Jimmy, who knows what coach would have been here right now. There's just too many what ifs right there for me. I hate playing that what if stuff. No, no, no. I mean, if we didn't do the Butler move or any of that, we, we didn't try to rush the process. And we just, you know, Brett Brown just didn't clearly just didn't work out. And then we went and revamped everything. But now that you now that you say it, honestly, if we didn't rush the process and fail, we wanted to put heat on the front office to make this right. move. So you're right. You can't think about the what ifs. Now you can think about this is what Maury does. And honestly, he has more to work with now than he's ever did. Like they be making jokes like Maury has draft picks. He's never had draft picks. Nah, you had no damn draft picks in Houston. <laughs> hey, you know, man, like, listen, real talk. That was work. He was working with Panda Express instead of working with Sakura, man. You know what I mean? He had Panda Express down there. He he didn't have nothing to really work with. He made shrimp out of shrimp out of shrimp paste. <laughs> like, I got you. I listen. I feel. Oh, real quick, if you want to catch up, uh, my. Adopted uh, city right now where I'm at, Charlotte. They, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, they drafted LaMelo Ball. Tell me about that pick and what is a LaMelo Ball? Damn, listen, <laughs> yo, no jokes. I got no jokes. I watched LaMelo Ball give it to, uh, uh, what's his name in New Orleans? Uh, Williamson. I saw, I saw, David it. Zion? 
he gave it to Zion in, in AAU coming up. And they went back and forth. Y'all can go YouTube it. I'm telling you, LaMelo is the best one out of all the balls. He's the best one. That that bull right there, he's going to be special. When he learns how to, learns the NBA speed and adjusts to the game, like we say with Matisse, once Matisse gets caught up with the NBA speed and adjusts and the grind, mm-hmm. once LaMelo gets that grind, whew, I'm telling you, man, I'm high on him. I liked oh. him over Lonzo back then when he was like 14, 15. It's always like that. It's the brother that nobody, like, um, I'm trying to think of some combinations where everybody was hyping up one brother, then it ended up being the brother that nobody was uh talking about. But now that you say that, I just want to sidestep a little bit and talk about LeVar Ball. All the jokes about this man, you know, uh, he's a fool, he's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. I'm 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 just gonna say this. Say it's 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 mighty strange how when you get a black father that's there, family man got two top five lottery picks coming out of his his lineage, and he gets no respect. But it's weird in the NFL when you got these guys that's in one parent households. They're so quick to say, yeah, mother was a crack addict. Mother used to rob. Like, they always talk about LeBron mom. But when you get a strong (laughs) black father figure, he's a clown. He's an idiot. Uh, Obviously, he's doing something right. Two out of his three boys is in the NBA. Hey, look, you see what we going through through 2020, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, there's your answer. Dig deep. I ain't got to talk about it. You already know. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I just wanted to sidestep and talk about that a little bit. Listen, Le- Le- shout Le- out to all the black fathers out there doing what LeVar they got to do. LeVar Ball is he was on, he's on a different level. He promoted his boys the way he wanted to promote them. He had control over his boys. He didn't give control to Nike or Adidas or Under Armour. He didn't or have some white sport agent. Uh, right, right. He kept the control and promoted his boys the best way he needed to to get their attention. So if he wanted to create chaos, then he created the chaos. But the chaos caused everyone to actually look at his sons to say, whoa, they could play. That's all. That's all it was. I mean, props to him. I hope, listen, I hope one day I can do what he do, cause a whole lot of chaos and, and sit up on ESPN and talk trash. Listen, listen. Hell yeah. <laughs> listen. You, you you know what I'm yeah, I talk trash now for free. Imagine right. you putting $20, $30 million in my pocket. You want me to come <laughs> on ESPN? Yeah, give me 30 mil for 10 minutes. I'll come up there and act a <laughs> fool, just like he does. Love football girl said, like the Curry brothers at basketball and the Williams sisters at tennis. When, you know, strong male figures, you know, and it seems like, you know, it just, it seems like when it's a strong black male, it's like, whatever. You know, it's like they want to keep promoting that single mother, child out the ghetto, against all odds. It's not all like that. Shout it's out to the people that like have that. done it. But you also have some good nuclear families that, you know, they've been blessed and worked hard to keep their kids above flow and you know, they should be celebrated. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not 
I'm not down in anybody that I'm not down to like the Kevin Durant or the LeBron James of the world. I'm just saying the the Williamsons and the Currys of the world deserve to be right up there with it. That's 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 all I'm saying. Um, and don't and but, don't worry, don't forget ahead, about wait. don't forget about King James. He's got little Bronny coming up. LeBron, yeah. you may not you may not like LeBron on the court, but mm-hmm. LeBron LeBron as a man in this society. Man, you gotta take your hat off to him, and you gotta give that man the ultimate respect for what he's doing as a as a father figure, being in the spotlight, being the NBA, and still having the opportunity to do good for the world and to show his boys coming up what you could do with your platform. So, as LeBron as a person, I love him. As LeBron as a player, I'm ready for him to step step to the side, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I love Bron. I love Bron as mm-hmm. a person, man. As a as a human and an individual, man, he does with exactly what you and I or someone else will always think about. Going back to the hood and putting more schools in the hood. Going back to give them opportunities to go to college. Investing your money in opportunities for other kids to get out of the situations they're in. Or like work done did with the housing. For Deshaun Watson, and, and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, yep, <laughs> right, and now Deshaun Watson is doing the same thing. You see what I'm saying? That's right. The, that's where I, that's where I get the happiness and joy from. You know, even you, Prince. I, I'm sorry. I'm look, sorry. Go cut, ahead. I'm sorry. To cut you off real quick. I'm gonna give you a quick right. one. Okay. How much does everyone hate Russell Westbrook? A lot. A lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, Here's a story that went under the radar about Russell uh, Russell Westbrook. So when Houston got bounced in the bubble and it was time for them to pack up and leave, Russell Westbrook, and I said this on the podcast, he left an $8,000 tip for housekeeping in the bubble and left his room spotless. Listen, people like... Russell, they're just such an enigma because you hear stuff like that, but when they're on the court, they're just a different person. They're they're just it's just something about them that when they get on the court, they turn into this super sociopath. But out like I remember um the stories about AI, whatever hotel room he was in, he would leave all his clothes. Yeah, well, he would just hey. leave his clothes. Listen, man. AI was AI was a different, unique individual. <laughs> I was I'm gonna tell you that from jump. AI when he he got I worked at a nightclub, and he got married up the street from the nightclub, and we was all hands on deck because we didn't know if he was gonna bring them all the way back to the nightclub or not after his wedding. You know, AI used to frequent in, in a, a couple clubs I worked at, so I've been up close and personal with AI, and uh, I'm just he's unique. <laughs> He, yeah, I, trust me, I've seen him. I've seen him round and about in Charlotte. I've seen him in TGI Fridays just playing cards for two hours. I've yeah. seen, I've seen it. He's just different, man. He's just, AI is just different, man. You guys got to understand. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> that's another day, man. <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely, man. But let me ask you this, um, T. Will. Let's go, let's circle back to the Sixers. MB, first of all, shout out to MB and his, his lovely fiance. Congratulations on the dad. But you know, when you become a dad, 
you get that dad bod. And it just so happened it's coinciding with Doc Rivers coming. But tell me what you've been hearing. And I've also seen somewhere that he's been in the gym twice a day. What are you hearing about that and any type of um, contact he's been having with Doc Fars? the expectations for uh, Joel and B, like any type of weight expectations or anything like that. The only expectation is to be in shape. I but mean, what does that mean, T. Will? What does that mean? Fifteen I pounds. Tell you, not, listen, NB's got to get in condition shape, NBA condition. Okay. okay. Excuse me. You watch NB play, and when you see him tugging on the bottom of his shorts, bent over, and when he was only running. From foul line to foul line or three-point line to three-point line, he's out of shape. Go back. Try to go back. If you remember the best game in beat of his career to this date, I still think was the Lakers game, right? Where, oh, yeah. All right. He ran from block to block that game. You know why? Because the stars was out. The lights were shining bright. You know, this was Sixers, Lakers. He ran block to block, and he was in shape for that period of time. You got to run block to block. And B's got to, when he starts dragging and sagging and not playing defense, and B came in the league on defense. Okay. He got away from that. He hasn't been the defender that we've seen the first couple of years of his career. He's got to get back. When he's in shape, he's playing D. He's jumping for loose balls. There's a difference of being in shape and being in NBA condition. He's not in NBA condition. Yeah, he looked good. We think he's in shape. But then you start seeing it. He starts lagging, missing foul shots when he's usually making them, getting and ones and putbacks. There's a difference with all that, man. And MB's got to get in shape. When you say in shape, you got to be conditionally ready to get up and down the court for full 48. Like Ben. Ben is an in shape player. <laughs> he's an in shape player. Uh, ben makes Stiver. everybody else look bad. I mean, right. let's be honest. Be honest. He does. He makes the NBA look bad the way he runs up and down and don't sweat. He'd be the best sports market for Dove uh, deodorant. Because he wouldn't sweat. He wouldn't sweat at all. You put Dove deodorant on, on Ben Simmons and it looked like nothing's there. You mm. put that on beat, he got knots everywhere. All up under his arms and stuff, man. <laughs> you, no, you ain't say deodorant balls. He got no. He got the deodorant balls, yo. Because he's, he's sweating his big ass off because he's out of shape. <laughs> All right, let's address another elephant in the room, Big T. Will. Tobias Harris. God bless him. Social media, I mean, social media, act, social justice activist. Good dude. Good dude. When we got Tobias Harris, I was legit excited because this is what I saw. I saw Tobias as a great value, family dollar, no disrespect, even though it sounds like disrespect, Carmelo Anthony, but less of a quote-unquote black hole. He got here, and it just seemed like he was comfortable, especially this year, being the third wheel. Like, you could be a third wheel, but don't make it seem like you... Like, remember Rondo? Like, Rondo didn't appreciate people would say, no, he's the little brother, whatever, whatever. Rondo's like, no, I'm just as important as the rest of you motherfuckers. Like, what are you talking about? 
But with Tobias, it just seemed like he was like, okay, if I get mine, I get mine. Talk about the the improvement bringing Doc Rivers here is going to bring to his game. And what are you expecting out of Tobias Harris if he's still here? If you think he's going to be here? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> real, <laughs> real, <laughs> real talk. Doc already <laughs> traded Tobias once. <laughs> Yo, this you real time with Prince Blue. This is real. This is the first time you you know how sometimes when you ask people, when you hear other people get interviewed and they they'll fake a question. I mean they'll fake an answer even though they don't have an answer. I love that shit. I don't know. Shit, he traded them once. He'll trade. <laughs> Listen, nobody's safe. Only one that's safe. <laughs> Only one that's safe to me really is Ben and Joe. Everybody else is expendable. Toby, I got you. listen, listen, real, real talk. Toby got a bad contract too. Oh hell yeah, no doubt so, he did. So no you doubt. know, if if Maury is a is a dollar guy like Hanky was, and an asset guy like Hanky was, that was his uh, under guy, right? He learned from somebody. So if Maury taught Hanky this. We don't know. And we don't know nothing about Maury. We don't we only know what we saw from afar. Mm-hmm. So Maury could he could move Tobias and Doc could say peace. You never know that. Doc already traded Tobias once. If the best deal I had uh Keith Pompey on our last uh couple episodes on ago, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said he said, I don't care what you uh, just listen. <laughs> he said he said if the right deal comes ar- across the table, you got to look at it, right? No doubt, no doubt. So, right. So, if the right deal came across the table, let's say Tobias to Chicago, if Chicago wanted Tobias, and we talked, and and Nat and I talked about that early in the pro in in the process, before, soon as soon as they got bounced out of the bubble. So, let's say Tobias goes to uh, Chicago, and all this smoke about Zach Levine is real. And Zach Levine comes over, that's a better deal. It's a better deal. The right deal was was available. You freed up money, and you got you got a little bit quicker on the on the wing. Tobias didn't impress me, man. I wanted the Tobias we had that we saw that used to kill the Sixers in in the Clippers uniform. And that Orlando, he in Orlando. Orlando. He used to smoke us in, in uh, when we played Tobias. I'm like, man, I wish we had a guy like Tobias on our team. Used to I hate him. Like, how did? Like, why? Why is he 21? No, he used to be like 15 for 18 against us. Like, why? 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 Like, stop he would, him. He would <laughs> kill. You know who else was a killer? Avery Bradley. He was another Sixer killer. He used to dog us. And we. And, and now we, that. Go ahead. No, now we got the opportunity to get that player, and he come here and shit the bed. Boom. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you see because you talk to a lot of people around the league. I'm thinking in Chicago, why is Levine on the market? Like, is it him? Is it he's the only asset they're ready to move on? They don't think they could build around him. Why is there smoke with him? There's a because they got a new regime. People wouldn't you gotta understand when you get a new regime, you want to bring in your own players. You want to do what you want to do, you know. And if he's the best move, best opportunity piece to move to make your team 
the way you see it, then you move it. He's still on Zach Levine's still on the contract as well. But he's making a lot less than Tobias Harris. So there's the smoke right there. I don't think Zach Levine, like, like I said earlier, I like Zach Levine. I think he's a good player. I think he's solid. But he's not my A-list guy. He's not an A-lister to me. And I've been going back and forth with some people. Some people say he is. Some, pe- some people agree with me. But that's just yeah. my opinion. My opinion. He's not an A-list guy. Zach Levine doesn't move my needle to say, oh, Sixers is going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think Hill moves the needle more than Levine to me. Because that's I, exactly what they need. Right. They need a guy that's going to that catch and pop. Mm-hmm. Levine is a guy that's going to be a spot-up guy in the corner. Uh, maybe handle the ball a little bit. He had it, Jesse. Levine played the next, next to two good guards. He had Kobe White. That was a good guard. And he had Chris Dunn. That was a good guard. So he's played against – he played alongside good guards. So him playing next to Ben – I mean, yeah, that's a good look because you're getting up and down the court. But, I mean, if I need someone to come up and down the court, and we know how Ben likes to Cinderella in the, in the paint. So when he does his little Cinderella and looks to kick out instead of going to the rack because he's afraid to go to the foul line, I need Buddy Hill because I got more trust. I, need, I got more trust in Buddy Hill to hit that trail three than I do Zach Levine. Or Ben Simmons at the free throw line. <laughs> is that too? That too. Oh man. But um let me I guess you know Crystal Ball uh T Will. Um we already know because you was me and you already talked offline that we thought they were gonna run it back. Well with Horford gone, technically they ain't running shit back. So, <laughs> so, and I'm and for y'all in the comments, I'm gonna get on the Anna Horford thing. Don't you worry, I'm saving her for the end. Um, oh, real quick about Anna Horford, she want to pop trash, but I ain't see her in no Sixers game. Listen, I, T Will, we gonna we gonna get at the, we gonna get her at the end. We want to talk basketball right now. I got T Will on here. I want to talk basketball. We'll talk about all that outer crap at the end, but um. With far as running it back, since okay, Horford's gone. I'm just trying to. It's hard when you don't see the final product, and you be trying to, you know, you're trying to project what you're looking at. Prince, but, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? You got to what? Got to be patient. <laughs> yeah, you tell me all the time, T. But I'm so excited, man! Like we have legit, we have an organization now. Right. Right. You like, gotta I'm get excited. excited. Yeah, you gotta, that, you gotta be excited. Yeah. If you're not excited for hoops right now, then you shouldn't be a hoop fan. I mean, across the league. I mean, look, you got KD and Kyrie in your East. You got the Raptors still decent in the East. You still but got Miami. Got you still got Drew. Bucks. Right, they got Drew in the East. I mean, the East can hoop right now, but the East also defends. This is like almost a throwback with a. a this is the bridge, Chris Heck, of the new era and the old era that you <laughs> the new, missed. The new this Philadelphia. Is, this is the new filler and the and the blue collar that you missed. See how the East is bridging old with new? 
where you're going to have yeah. a little bit of defense, but you're going to have some high-scoring games, you're not going to see them 70, 80-point games. You're going to see 110, damn 120. It. Damn it, T-Will. I just – you just uh, – how could I forget about this? Another thing that's been lacking since – I guess you want to say since Lloyd Pierce left, the defense. Like, right. what kind of defensive system is uh, Doc Rivers? You studied him a lot. Like, what can we expect? I know the team isn't complete, but with those two benchmarks and Joel and Ben, how is Doc – how do you think Doc is going to attack the defensive end? They don't play D, dog. He brought – he didn't bring in Dave Yeager to be his assistant to not play D. Dave Yeager is a defensive-minded guy, and he got the other guy from uh, Indiana also. So they're going to play D. Like, this this coaching staff is legit. It's legit to get these guys to play D and get off the ball quick. The things that Brett Brown talked about are the things that the Sixers are actually going to do under this coaching staff. They're going to play defense. They're going to crash the boards. They're going to get up and down the court, and they're going to put pressure on the other team. And that's all we ask for. That's all. That's some call, that's blue collar stuff right there. Hard work, as Floyd Mayweather, as Mayweather says, hard work, dedication, hard work, dedication. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for that hard work and that dedication to the fans. <laughs> that's what I'm. My, I'm, I'm go ahead. I, I no. I was just gonna say real quick to catch up on the draft. Um, I got my boy Clinton Counts in the house. He's probably the only Knicks fan I know besides Spike Eskin. But he said his Knicks are still going to struggle. They just got uh, Obi tapping. Talk about him. What do you like about his game? That's that's a good pick right there. He he's solid, man. He he's raw. He can score all levels, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to have mm-hmm. to grow and develop. Tibbs got a young squad up there. They're all I young. He was the damn coach. Now, Tips wait a minute. Oh, oh, Tips gonna, is there. Yeah. So he's going to get them right. You see what I'm saying? You yeah, got to have yeah, some that culture fix. about to change. Right. You have to have some thick skin up in New York. Tibbs' teams is going to bring it. They're going to bring it every night. The Knicks also got a front office piece in Leon Rose. I always talk about him. The guy is connected in the NBA, okay? He's got my he's got Super my young bull up. Yes. He's got a former Chris Paul agent. That's why there was a lot of smoke with CP3 going to New York. He's got a mm-hmm. lot of pull. The Knicks are – if Dolan steps out of the way, okay, and allow his pieces to do what they got to do, as he – i.e. Josh Harris, just step out of the way, let Maury and Doc and Elton do what they got to do. If Dolan steps out of the way and lets Tibbs and Rose do what they got to do up there, the Knicks is going to be something. They're not going to be something right away, but they're going to be something. You see what I'm saying? The, the, the Knicks is always going to be the Knicks. Let's keep it real. Okay, <laughs> they're always going to be the Knicks, but they're going to be a, a well-improved Nick team once Tibbs gets that team the way he wants to uh, play his style. All right, T. Well, we got a couple questions uh, right here. I want to, hey, school boy, Meek, you missed it, but um, T. Will already said he said the Harden thing isn't going to happen uh, because of Ben's upside and how. It's just that ISO ball stuff like that is just not going to work here. Um, Ghost Rider asked, um, does Shake remain a starter? Well, the, from what I was hearing, the, the, the front office and Doc, they're high on Shake. 
Okay. I listen. I'm not high on shit. They high on shit. <laughs> First of all, okay. shake sounds like a drug. They high on shake. <laughs> shake. We already know. We already know Shake's limitations. Shake is a good player that can come off the bench, do what you hold it down for a little bit. Right, oh. right. Shake, shake, shake. Look, <laughs> yo, Shake ain't it. It, as I say, him and Al Horford got the same feet. Yeah, cinder blocks. Smaller, cinder blocks. Shake is. I like. I like Shake for his limitation of what he could do coming off the bench. I need a general on the floor, but I gotta like. I tell you, I gotta be patient. We got Sixer fans. We gotta be patient. We gotta wait and see. See how this plays out. Or he might bring in another another guy. To, to counterbalance with Shade or help Ben out a little bit. We, we don't okay. know. But Shake, right now, the front office, the coaching staff, they high on Shake. Shake might Shake. be the starter. See, well, uh, let's circle a little bit back to the coaches. I know it's not the – everybody's talking about Doc, the sexy pick. Can you talk about what each coach is, their purpose here, and what are we going to get from them? Uh, Sam Cassell. Popeye Jones, you already said Jaeger is the defense. Um, what can we expect from Sam Cassell and Popeye Jones on the staff for this team? Intensity, man. You saw how they played. Mm-hmm. You saw how they played. Uh, Sam Cassell, everywhere, everywhere Doc's been, Sam Cassell's been on the bench. So you and they, you know, Sam Cassell was a, a player and he was a dog on defense. So I look at Sam Cassell as that point guard coach to get these point guards right. Maybe bring out something in shape we didn't know. Maybe instill something in Ben that he didn't know he had. You have Popeye Jones. He's going to get these big dudes down low. Scrapper. Scrapper. Scrap. Right. Put some dog mentality in them. Get you should miss a rebound with Popeye Jones. He ain't going to play no. that shit. No. Hell no. They should own the glass. They should have owned the glass for them beating Horford, but that didn't happen. They going mm. Brett Brown, Brett Brown. They they <laughs> going own. They going with Embiid down there and whomever the other piece they get. Even Tobias Harris, man, you gotta get tough. He he was a little. He was he's been soft, man. Oh, you gotta get tough. Got a foul. He used to piss me off so bad. Yo, run up the court. You got fouled. Okay, maybe if you stop bitching, the rest would be like. They'll give you a couple. He will always bitch and tug at his shorts. It was just little things he would do. Like when Al Hofer would pull up his shorts or clap. It was little things that I would see when they're losing that would piss me off. And you said intensity. So with that, I equate that to remember how we would be up 20 at the half and then you already knew it was going to be a dogfight at the end. How is this going to be over 48 minutes under Doc Rivers? Well, if as long as they buy in and do what they're told, if the Sixers is up 20, they're going to hold those leads. They're not going to have to play defense to hold 48. They're going to have to play defense maybe 10 minutes, uh, 8 to 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. You're not going to have to play defense to hold the whole game. That's the difference in being up 20. All teams in the NBA make a run. Don't get a twist. That's true. It's a game of runs. It's a game, game of runs. runs. It's how you stop the runs and stop the bleeding. And damn Time it, out. Our coach, 
our coach that we had, he didn't do any of that. I, he got look, what you say to well, he got caught watching the game. Listen, you the hey, one that Prince, told me that. Hey Prince, you down there in them dark road, dark road areas. When you come around that bend with your high beams on, you see that deer pop his head up and look at you. That was Brett Brown. <laughs> what happened? We we was up twenty. Eyes just wide open. But real quick, T Will, my boy Joe uh Ruin, shout out to Joe. He always support me. He's more on the um leadership aspect uh with Joe and you know, some people saying, you know, this baby should make him be a leader on a bigger scale. Who is the who's the leader of this team? Who's the vet? Who's the person that's gonna hold and be and been accountable if they're not going to hold themselves accountable. We haven't had that. Who they is don't need, that? They don't need it at this point in time. They don't. Okay. They've been in the league long enough. Y'all been to two All-Star games. You've been to the <laughs> NBA playoffs. You've both been through injury, pain, and suffering. You've both been booed by the fans. If y'all ain't ready to step up in the leadership, then guess what? Then we got real issues. Why we got to bring in some old head to be a leader in this in this group right now? Tell me. You don't need that right now. You need these two to own it. Brett Brown's not here to be your nurturer anymore. So if MB's not doing right, that's why you got uh, assistant staff like Popeye Jones, like uh, Dave Yeager, like uh, um, Sam two-time champion. Right. That's why Doc you got Rivers, champion. Champion. Yeah. That's why you got these assistants. So when Doc's in the office, hey, yo, man, go, go holler at MB. That last night. You, you're not going to have – you're going to have these – listen, I'm going to tell you something in the back channel. These dudes would get away with murder in practice. Why you think you had three guys, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, and Tobias Harris, brand new to the team for a full season, and, they, and what was the theme of last season? Accountability. That- Bad practice habits, accountability, and beating flip flops, eating eating on the table flip-flops. on the, the trainer's table. Um, you can't practice, Prince. <laughs> you can't practice in flip flops. Well, he's African. Let's 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 be real now. Listen, I don't care if he was Asian. <laughs> you can't practice in flip flops. These jokers will come out there in these slides and these Nike slides with their white socks and, and start shooting shots and trying to play and try to play uh angles and leverages and, and deep no and, and you got the head coach allowing it. That's telling you something about what that organization Crown and what jewel. that team was doing. Exactly. You know who used to tell the Ben Simmons and Joel and B, hey man, where's your sneaks? Put them on and lace up. You know who used to say that? Who? The coach of the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. He was the only one that would say something to him. You know who else used to tell him the, the lace up? You mentioned him earlier. Because he's Lloyd the coach Pierce. of the Lloyd Pierce. He's the coach of the Atlanta Hawks. They had coaches in here that, that care, and they had coaches in here that weren't were trying to break them out of the culture they know. That's but why Uncle but they could go to Uncle Brett and he'll be like, leave him alone. The reason people want to break up Ben and Joe is not because of Ben and Joe. It's the camps. They got to get all these camps out of out of the organization. Ben's camp wants them to do this. And B's camp wants them to do that. Man, Doc is I so say, crucial. Doc listen, is so crucial. Because I can't I, imagine 
one of them come in the dock saying, I think you should do this with Ben. I think Doc with that hoarse voice gonna be like, you need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, where's the whistle? Time out. <laughs> hey, Ben's camp and Ben's camp. Go up to hiding out the donkeys and get us some steaks and stay out of my building. <laughs> and lock the doors and let's hoop. Hoop. That's, that's what, T-Will, that's the key word. Hoop. All the Kendall Jenner, all that bullshit, uh, Embiid uh, might have been hungover, it's gone. Hoop. Show up and hoop. Tired of hoop. the nonsense, man. Just hoop. Just who? That's all we asked for. If you lose, okay, you lost. But if you gave, if you gave effort, the good thing about the NBA, you gotta, you can have a back to back, or you play in two days. Get that bad taste out your mouth. It's not like football; you gotta wait a whole week. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Just who, um, man? All this bitching, who? Uh, ruin. Uh, Joe Ruin asked, "Is Ben Joe like the Iris and Stackhouse days?" It's not that bad, is it? From the surface, it doesn't oh, look like it. Shit, T. Will. From the sur- listen, from what the surface, yeah. The surface, it looks like everything is cool. And B comes out and says he loves Ben. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's them two. I think it's the camps. I think one camp wants to control one, one more than the other camp. You see what I'm saying? Like, and B. Embiid's Embiid's let's put Embiid's A1 to his state is ownership his best friend is co-owner he was during the pandemic he was you know he was with the he's ownership everyone knows that that's who that was his card Ben's card was Brett Brown Brett Brown's out of the picture. Now, (laughs) no, but guess what? You have real front owner NBA personnel in in the office now. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not going to be able to cross that line with with Maury and and Karawanga and Digwitty Mm -hmm. and Brand in the front office. And then you have Doc and his assistants. There's a wall now. There's two levels between the front office and the players. So they don't have no, they're not going to have, they have no choice. They have no choice but to get together and and say, all right, we got to win a chip. Got to win it. Um, T. Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about not, not Tobias, but let's talk about Josh Richardson. What is Josh Richardson? What is he? Okay. Expand on that, please, sir. <laughs> He's a bum. Like, they kept saying he was a poor man's Jimmy Butler. He was awfully poor. <laughs> he hasn't what? really, he hasn't shown us what Josh Richardson was capable of doing in Miami. I mean, so let's, Spolster let's, that good, then? <laughs> Spolster's a good coach, man. I still think he's the best coach in the division. Listen, let's go. Okay, Spolster's a, a coach, dog. Coach, that, that guy I, right there. Look what he did with that squad. Look what he did with the squad he had. He took them you to want, the bubble, to the bubble chip. You want to talk about an organization from the top down that's lockstep 
it's the Miami Heat and it's the Spurs. Like it's just one, it's just one mission. Like you not going. I think Pat Riley still does body fat checks. Am I lying? <laughs> he giving right. out them he giving out the Miami Vice smoothies. <laughs> if you if he see you help somebody up, fine. <laughs> like like Pat Riley just he, he, he it's just it's just a mentality and you wouldn't think that in Miami because it's South Beach. My like, he, he's changed the culture down there. Pat Riley, same way when he went to New York, he changed the culture. Pat Riley just still when he was in New York. They hated it. They hated yeah. that style of ball. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. It, it worked. worked. Jeff Van Gundy ain't been a coach since. <laughs> <laughs> he still get PTSD about oh, PJ Brown God. dragging his ass. <laughs> Yo, fast. <laughs> <laughs> How can that guy interview for a job and all our pictures him holding on for dear life to PJ Brown? Like, stop. stop. <laughs> oh there were some God. epic battles though, right? They was that the was Knicks East and Ball. the Heat. Hell yeah. It, that was epic battles, man. Right? Tim Hardaway yes. Tim Hardaway used to break Allen Houston's balls right at the foul line. He used to What's crack light skinned ballers, man. He used to kill him, man. He used <laughs> to crack him. That was good. That was good East ball right there. And you're going to see that not necessarily not that not not to that that, extent, not to that extent and not to that that deep dog defensive mentality because you got to bridge the old with the new. But you're going to see that now in the East with these teams. You can see it. You can see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Shit. Let's talk about this draft. Give me your. It looks like we're going to stay at 21. We're now at pick 12. Give me three players that you think uh, the Sixers got their eye on um, or that you may like. Excuse me. Uh, Cole Anthony's one. I know they had their eye on him. They brought him in. Um, people were saying uh, Isaiah Joe also. Uh, I like Sadiq Bay. I don't know if he's – did he get drafted yet? I From don't Nova? think so. I don't think so. No, I don't see. He, I think he's still on the board. If he's still on yeah. the board by twenty-one, I take him because he's right in your backyard, and you know what you're going to get. You know he's coached by by uh, Jay Wright, and you know how Jay Wright gets his players ready. Um, he has not been selected yet. Okay, no. you you got the bull from Stanford, Maxi. I mean, he's a, he's going to fill it up, so he can he can spread the court and shoot. I mean, but like I said, overall, Prince, this is a shot in the dark because we were robbed yeah. from seeing these guys play in the tournament. You know, they're supposed to play in the tournament, get evaluated through all that, have their workouts through April, and then May may may, may uh, have their interviews, June get drafted, July go out to Vegas for the uh, summer league. They didn't have no summer league, no tournaments, nothing. Everything's virtual. Uh, they may not have a summer league tournament this year. I don't think Al- Adam Silver is going to uh, go to Vegas and, and hold a bubble just for, you know, rookies. <laughs> I mean, real talk. So we still not going to see these guys. They're going to be behind. They're just going to be behind. You have to deal with it. You got to grow in pains. You just got to go with it. T-, T. Will, real quick, as an overall NBA, because you're, you're, you're not just a Sixers. I mean, of course, you're a Sixers lifer, but – 
you love the game. Um, overall, um, with the quick turnaround and stuff, do you think it's gonna be like football, where it's like a lot of slop guys on yes. ready yes. at the yes. beginning? Okay, yes. go ahead, expound on that. Yes, because it's is everything shortened, you know. Even and like I said. I like LeBron off the court more than I do on the court at this stage of the game. But he said something that made you think, like, all the hoop that he played through the bubble, he's only getting a rest of rest period of, like, 73 days. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Teams that didn't play in the bubble or they were in the buy- playing, they're having over 200 days of rest. These guys is on a different rest level. So you're going to see a lot of sloppy basketball in the beginning until they get into NBA shape, until they get their legs caught up underneath of them. And with COVID ramping wild and right after the draft, you got camp. So, and this is what this, this week's show on Philly Full Court Press that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how do you, how do you get these players ready in such a short time under these conditions? That's hmm. going to be a challenge for all these coaches. That's a lot of organizations, yeah. yeah, right, absolutely. And a lot of organizations don't have facilities like the Spurs, like the Sixers, like the Lakers, like the Heat. So it's it's going to be a challenge, man. It's going to be a challenge. We shall see. Now, with that said, he will. I mean, let, I'm I'm a sports fan. You a sports fan? You a competitor? You a Sixers? You want to win? Is this going to be when? the Sixers need to gobble up some wins on just talent alone because of, you know, you're going to have a lot of, you know, what ifs going on and a lot of unknowns. Is this where, let's say, I know it's going to be, they're going to have to get to know the new coaching staff, but is this also where like a Doc Rivers and his experience can help guide them through, a period like this where it's a quick turnaround, get guys rest. Because one thing I love about Doc that's underrated, he knew how to use a bench. Yeah. He, he knew how to get guys rest when they needed rest in game. Not that whole, you know, fake, um, what they used to call it now, um, low, low management. management. He would low manage you during the game. Like, <laughs> Kevin G- KG raves about Doc Rivers. He said Doc Rivers added extra years to his playing time because Doc was like, if you give me what you got, I will find you time to rest. But if you don't give me what you got, your ass going to be on that court. <laughs> so, so MB going to be tugging on them shorts if he don't get his shape. <laughs> Real tough. He going to see MB, you're going to have to call timeout to, to, to clean up his sweat mop, his sweat spot. <laughs> On the court where he was all bent over, all short. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben looking like, man, what's wrong with you, man? You okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> and be going mumble, I need a water break. <laughs> okay. See, well, real, uh, give me, give me two players, or you can give me one player that you think is going to really improve under Doc Rivers. Somebody that we may not be talking about. I, I've mentioned him on the on the podcast, man. Matisse Thybul, Matisse, Matisse is going to flourish under Doc. He's going to flourish under Doc. I, I'd like to see Matisse grow into that Pat Bev type of defensive style 
not necessarily. He don't need that dog mentality. Just give me that defensive up in your shirt type player like Pat Bev was in, in L.A. And he's a good kid too. Uh, yeah, man, he's he's solid and he's going to learn how to shoot too. He's going to learn how to knock it down. You know, he's going to put them jumpers up like Landry Shamit did. So one thing I didn't realize about Matisse, and I may have missed it, I didn't realize how athletic he was. Well, that's he's what really he was, athletic. He's real athletic, and he that he was built on that in college. You know, his four years where he played at, he was the defensive player of the of 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 his uh, seat of his. Uh, I won't I won't say country, but he was the mm-hmm. defensive player that everyone in his in his conference. You know, he was the number one player in the conference in defense. He led the his conference in steals, deflections, uh getting to the foul line. He was he was that guy. And I can see why the Sixers drafted him. He was that guy. And I think he's going to grow into that more as he stays under Doc. There's another guy. There's another guy that potentially could grow under Doc. And we mentioned him earlier. And we know his limitations. Like I said, Shake. Shake, mm-hmm. you know, Shake, we know what Shake is, but he has an opportunity to grow under Doc. Does he see him as a Lou Will type, quick offense, get you some buckets. I hope that would be Ferk. I hope that's Corkmaz. I need Corkmaz. I need Corkmaz. Did you, T Will, wait. Listen, hold up. Yeah. Hey, you died on your hill. I die on mine, right, play? (laughs) Okay, okay. Listen. Man of post. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You got your post. I got mine. Okay. Yo, Corkmaz is only 23, man. He's that young? Yes, he's only 23. That's it. Okay. Give me me 10 points in 12 minutes off the bench, and I got Embiid and and Ben on the court to cover up your defensive mistakes. That's all. Spacing, yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? You can't can't get rid of that. It's just so weird how you really can't judge any of these guys because Brett Brown was just so so bad, it's so ass backwards, man. It's like you he just ass can't. backwards. He was bad. He was terrible. <laughs> he was bad. But then why did people love him so goddamn much? Then T Will because he was a nice guy. You know, uh, like, yeah, exactly. He's a nice yeah, guy. Yeah. You're tired of having a nice guy in, in this area. That's nice what it was. Damn guy. Nice, nice guy. guy. Whatever. Hey, man. you ain't got to like the answer, but that's the answer. <laughs> nice guy. Um, So you got Matisse as, and you got Shake, and you said also you threw um, Furcon. You threw uh, Furcon in there. Please tell me uh, they're getting rid of uh, Mike Scott. Mike Scott's still under contract, so who knows? He he has been dangled out there in a couple packages, and as you can see, there hasn't been any takers. So he's here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I know what we need to talk about. What is what is, what are their plans for Zaire Smith? What are you hearing? Same thing you hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I hear nothing. God damn it. Nothing. 
Listen, I just heard he had a peanut allergy. That's it. That's the only thing I heard. That's it. She will. They traded another all-time. I mean, just a bad move, even on a human level. Like, how could they do that to my mans that they shipped out to Phoenix? Like, hometown, get drafted. Then you ship them off with somebody that has yet to play any meaningful minutes for the Sixers. Like, I don't think, I don't, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think, I don't think that came from Brett. I don't think Brett did that. Because remember, Brett, wasn't Brett still uh, interim GM? GM? Yeah. Yeah, he was interim GM. So when he made that pick, that was the right pick. I mean, Bridges was the right pick. And for that to happen, I I I just think that was front office once again playing uh we we promise you if we can get you, we will. And that's what I'm hearing with this Isaiah Joe thing. And um hopefully we get away from that from moving forward with this new regime. I'm why, tired of pro- why are they promising Isaiah Joe? What is so special about Isaiah Joe he gets a promise? I had no idea, Prince. I got nothing. All I know is it, it could have came from the old regime and Harrison Blitzer sticking with it because of the promise, but who knows? Either way, man, you got to start getting away from all these promises. These promises was hurting the Sixers. We promised Larry Hughes if he was there, we draft him. And Paul Pierce was there, and we drafted Larry Hughes. That changed the Sixers' history for 10 years. 10 years, 10 seasons. Imagine AI running up and down a court with Paul Pierce and then you got a defensive stopper and George Lynch and a guy that's going to rebound with Tyrone Hill. Man, you got you got. And oh. then, you dra- then you draft a young Corver. Then you draft a young Corver a couple years later. I miss those and- uniforms, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, we, na- we too blue collar for that. <laughs> oh yeah, we knew Philadelphia. I'm surprised they didn't put a brewery on that bitch or like fish down pole lines or some shit on there. Yeah, um, that's out of my taste. Real quick, T Will, before I get to we got another guest that's gonna stop in real quick. Um, what's up with these insiders saying sources say that such and such team is gonna select so and so? Why are they tipping picks? Like, I think that's just so why should we watch if you're gonna tip the pick? I don't get that part about the game right now. Like, you want are, you talking about, are you talking about the draft picks or are you talking about draft picks? Yeah, they're tipping the picks before it happens. Well, they have like, to put per per the NBA license and regulations. They got to put sources say because they just can't say come out because you got to understand us as the us as the people watching and on our phones and TV and stuff. We're behind. We're a couple seconds behind. They're mm-hmm. there live. So they're going to know who it is prior to us knowing. So if they say sources say, and then they make a trade without them knowing, you see what I'm saying? And yeah. by yeah. and by license and regulations for the NBA, I mean, like you said, what good is it if they tell us who it is before they announce it on TV? That's the reason why. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? I didn't- yeah, I just noticed they don't do that on football, the football draft. Yeah, they, they do. Just... They do. They do. Yeah, because I remember one much. year they got mad about it. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. 
You're right. right. Not as much because of the 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 fact that they could possibly sneak in a quick trade, or they might mm-hmm. change change the guy. Like I, we could say Sixers sources say they they take a deep bet, and then Adam Silver get up there on the Zoom and says Sixers take Cole Anthony. Well, you can't blame <laughs> you can't blame the person because he's just going by what his source told him. Right. I I got you. I got you. I just. I don't know. I'd be wanting to be surprised, but then to, I get it. You, if you want to be surprised, turn off your Facebook, your Instagram, and Twitter, and just watch it on TV. Then when the what? picks me, you'd be surprised. But you want to be in the know. You want to be. <laughs> don't 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 you turn this on me. Anyway, uh, I got I got another guest coming in. We about to uh we about to step it up a notch. I got my boy, my. I guess you could call him my sensei, my personal trainer, the guy why I can't sit on the toilet because my my thighs hurt, my quads hurt. Karate Mark in the building. Yeah. What up, Taylor? <laughs> what's, well, what's up, Daddy Prince? What's up, brother? How y'all doing? Man, we talking basketball, man. You know, we six it up right now. My God, man! Love, shout out to Karate Mark. Hey, hey, KM, since you on the line, man, I, I actually I'm gonna pour myself a shot of Gentleman Jack since you just tipped me. So you hear me <laughs> opening the bottle right now. Oh, Let's hey, go. Hey, 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 listen, since you on the line, uh, your order will be shipped tomorrow. I spoke to um, Dana from uh, Imaging and Styling, and she says she's getting the first batches out. So I know yours will be out. So. When you receive it, I will definitely look okay, forward okay, to seeing so. it. Yes, man. Yo. And and they're dope. They are so dope. You just took the words out of my mouth. No bullshit uh, for a good cause. That I, I'd have bought the hoodie no matter what. It's a difference if I actually would have wore it or not. That's a dope-ass hoodie. I'm looking forward to wearing it. Like Whoever came up with the design is perfect. It's got the what you mean, whomever? What's up? I said, who? what you mean, whomever? Who? What you mean? Whomever came up with the design? I don't know who came up with the design. Did you? I, yes, I did. What? He was <laughs> creative. What? What? Yo, because, <laughs> I thought you would have put like a couple weight, a weight bench on there, and yeah. like God busted <laughs> through a wall. No, no, no. I had, I, I had a concept. Uh, Mark, I had a concept. And when I started putting the concept together, my neighbor, uh, shout out to him, he he has a uh, he's a photographer, and he does all the imaging and graphing. So my neighbor Jeff, he um, took my idea and put it together. But what he did was he he created the 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 logo and the the, the image of it off of my thoughts. So we mm-hmm. took that, we took that and played it off with, you know, Philly full court press in the sixties. So we played off that to create the sweatshirt. And then when I went to design an image with Dana, she brought it all together. Cheers. Awesome. Will, man. Shout awesome. out to you, man. Awesome. And the work you do in the community, man. Like, and you, one of those brothers that, you don't you don't advertise what you do for the community. You just you just get it done. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate that about you. Like Mark, he doesn't advertise what he does. Like I have to force him to talk about his foundation and the things that he do in the community. 
And man, that's 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 just real stuff right there, man. And I appreciate both of you. Um, but Mark just came in late and he wanted some scoop on the football news. So pretty much, Mark, we just been news. We we just been talking hoops, man. We're excited. You just said football news. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not football news. Basketball news. Hoop news. news. Carson Wentz, dog. Dog Peterson, Eagles. Back to basketball. No more football. No more football. But pretty much we've just been talking about uh, how excited we are for hoops that we finally have a Sixers organization and we have we have direction and we have people, we have basketball people in the building that's going to take us to the next level. And um, if you got any questions for T. Will, go go ahead, Mark. Um, T. Will's just been dropping nugget after nugget Please. tonight, so um, go ahead. Well, first, I know that we traded Al for uh, for Dan Green, mm-hmm. and we also got Ferguson. Yes. Have we picked anybody up in the draft yet? I haven't been on social media at all. No, I was on with- the phone with mom. Hopped on with y'all. We're pick 21, and right now Orlando's picking, and I can't see what pick they are. I think they're number 17. See, I'm trying to stay on until we get to 21 at least so we could break down that pick. But you're correct on that trade, and uh, he will else. broke it. So that's where I'm at. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. No- nothing else has happened yet. There's been no trades yet in the draft either. Um, everybody's just picking. Um, T. Not Will's even like around the league, not around the league Mm-mm. either, really. No, no, so T. Will from like CP3. So that's, that's all that's old it. news, nothing new. That's it, no, nothing new except the Al Horford deal. That, that's it. Um, yo, and I'm so, all right with Danny Green on the squad, like definitely Danny Green I, for Al, straight up, like straight up, like cool. And I'm a Horford fan, like for real, for mm-hmm. real. I am a Horford fan. I don't think he was played right. I would have liked to seen him play Sans Brett Brown, whatever. If you want to trade me straight up, Danny Green for Al Horford, I'm really cool with that. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be really honest with y'all. I've been a Danny Green knocker, not a hater, a Danny Green knocker for multiple seasons now. I would like to see what he does out here. And if the only thing he's got to do is just sit over there in the corner and wait for the ball, Fuck, he's better than anything we got by ten, you know. So I'm I'm good with this so far. A AKM, um, just potentially don't get comfortable with it. That oh yeah, that's the nugget. Okay, that, uh, okay. Go ahead, T. Will drop. Keep it. talking. Drop keep it. talking. Now I'm don't, excited. Yo. What's up? Don't get comfortable with that because you know that was a leverage trade to free up that cap space and that money. Remember, mm. Horford's getting ninety mil over the three years. Danny Danny Green is only on, he's on an expiring contract for fourteen point five million dollars. So you could do the math right there. You get Terrence difference. Ferguson. You get Terrence Ferguson, who's on a contract like Zach Levine, eight point six mil. So you just opened up avenues to work with just by well, getting this rid. This is going to be my next question: Are there legs to the Zach Levine thing? Because That'd be nice. I, I, listen, that'd be uh, nice. it, it's uh, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to to phrase this because there's always smoke. 
You see all the smoke that was caused for Houston and Jim James Harden? Mm-hmm. You can't always go by the smoky room. Sometimes the smoky room, you, you get choked up in it. You, you gotta see through the cloud. I think I think the the Zach Levine, when I say Zach Levine to you, KM, does that move your needle to to the Sixers being a championship contender? No, but it, it's okay. Hold on, big time. hold on. It's it's a it's a step. He's not an A level guy that you need right now. The A what messed the Sixers up was the Drew Holiday trade. I'm gonna tell you that it's gonna come out. I don't know when, but it's gonna come out. That yeah, trade. I didn't need Drew Holiday. I didn't need Drew here. Yeah, yeah, you do. You need Drew. You need Drew here as as the floor general with Ben because you Ben. Ben's best asset, as we broke this down earlier, his best play was when he had Ilyasova and Bellinelli and JJ Reddick. They but the ball was in Ben's hands. But the ball's going to be in Drew's ball, t- or ball's going to be in Drew's hand too much for my for my liking. Drew's a guy who could play off the ball and be that uh, Ilyasova type guy that's going to knock down the shots. He doesn't have to have the ball. Remember, Drew didn't have the ball down in New Orleans. Uh, Lonzo Ball had the ball in his hand. Brandon Ingram had the ball in his hand. Drew played off the ball down okay. there. Fair you enough. See fair, you fair, see what I'm fair, saying? Fair. Yeah. yeah. Drew, Drew Holiday. I see Drew as a point. In my eyes, I see Drew as a point guard. I see Drew as, as a point guard as well. But he's he's more gifted to play off the ball and getting your shirt on defense, which you think Josh Richardson would have gave you. Drew Holiday's an upgrade over Josh Richardson. So if you want to run on the court with Ben Simmons and Drew Holiday or Ben Simmons and Josh Richardson, who you taking? Drew Holiday. Easy. Right. Easy. So that that trade messed them up. So that's why you had to regroup, and we didn't hear anything come out of the Sixers camp until today because they had to figure out another package. Now, Mark, now I'm telling you, something's happening because you don't free up that kind of money and bring if in an expiring salary. If yeah. you bring an expiring contract and then another guy with that with that little of money and not flip that and make a move or something. I feel mm-hmm. like they're gonna they're gonna flip either Ferguson or they're gonna flip Green or they're gonna flip both of them. I could be wrong, but that's my opinion. Just I, looking shit, at it. T, that was highly, highly educated and like legit. Could happen. Everything you just said there. Let me put the Philly damper on all of this. Did we just get our average mediocre? This is our three-point shooter guy. No. This no. is the guy that's going to solve the problem. No. Nope. Wanted a shooter that Ben could kick the ball out to. Nope. Well, here but he is, Danny Green. He was the best three-point shooter thirty years ago when he played for the Spurs. Well, guess, what, guess what? I got another better shooter that's sitting there right now. His name is Joe Harris, and he's he's he's. He, he's Caucasian like you, and he can knock down the three. <laughs> well, something you don't know about me. If I'm on your ball team, I ain't shooting your fucking threes, bro. <laughs> I consider myself – let me be straight up with y'all. You want me on your starting five, first of all. But just compare me to a smaller, whiter, less talented Dennis Rodman. Okay, yeah, I can see it. Just that pain in the ass on your shoulder every five seconds. I, I can, I, I'll drop you 15. I'm going up to five fouls. I won't foul out of six. 
and and, and I'm getting a ton of boards, bro. And I'm harassing the ball handlers. <laughs> real, real quick, real quick, T. Will. Uh, it just came out that Clay Thompson tore his Achilles. Ooh, Ooh. shit. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's an Achilles, bro. Ouch. Sign That's... him up to Philly. Sign him up to Philly. We'll play him in a year. <laughs> Damn. Actually, you know Sign what's funny up. though. You know what's funny? Let's 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 break this down. So it came out that he tore his Achilles, right? That's he's just terrible. coming. He, he's just coming off the ACL surgery on the knee. Now he's tore the Achilles on the other leg. That's during this, terrible. during this, another the fin the basically the start of this COVID season. It's the worst best case scenario, okay? Because now, if you look at it, he's going to be out for at least a year. Rehabilitating the uh, surgery on the uh, Achilles. One, two. They're going to be a playoff team because you have Steph back and you have Wiggins and Green, but you can't compete for a championship. Let's make it clear: you don't have you don't have Clay Thompson. You're not competing for a championship. You're going to be exciting and make the playoffs, but you're not competing for a championship. So the Warriors. Five years, five years in a row, they went to the NBA Finals up to last year. So, thank you on this year. It's going to be two years now. They don't make it to the NBA Finals because of Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson's got to get healthy. He's got to get healthy. Oh, that's man. a shame for Klay. That's terrible. I hate seeing great players not play the game based off an outside reason you know a, a great player should say that was my last game and i chose it you know yeah. that sucks Ro man. yeah uh love football girl said roko to the trailblazers yeah i think that was announced a couple of days ago right t will yeah that was on day one i still don't know how roko is is worth a first <laughs> round pick <laughs> he's roko what are you talking about? He has a nickname. He's Roko. Anybody, anybody Spike asking, like, you know I don't like. Yo, uh, Isaiah Stewart just went to Portland. Robert Covington literally made a career off of one game. And I bought into it. I bought into it that game. he How many threes he nailed that one game? It was six, wasn't it? And they gave six. him like, the contract the next day. I was all aboard that. I was like, that was the breakout game. Oh my God! Like, hey, hey, hey hasn't Mark, you repeated, wait, hasn't repeated since. For you want to know my played for? You want to know my two most hated Sixers during that that time? Oh God, here we go. Who are they, T. Will? Roko, Cub, okay, and Isaiah Cannon. Them right. two, I could not wait. I used to heckle <laughs> Brett Brown behind the bench about <laughs> Roko and Isaiah Cannon <laughs> to the point where. Security didn't tell me to stop. They just kept laughing at me. <laughs> Isaiah Cannon. Brett Brown used to fall in love with these guys. And you would be like, dude, stop. Why? Like, can you just, can you not put them in? It's like when, I guess it was like when he used to put in Furcon and we used to get so mad. Like, dude, so, but that's. But that's T. Will's guy. You missed that part too. I found that oh, out. Oh no, that that's when I was like, yo, that's the hill he wants to. Yeah, that he's manning a post on that hill. I didn't know he was twenty. He was only twenty two. Yeah, you say twenty two or twenty three? He's a twenty three. 
Yeah. No wonder he kept saying I want to grow a sniper. I was like, how you gonna grow a sniper? He like 29. I, I don't know why I thought he was old. I don't know why I thought he was old. <laughs> Not he playing professional ball probably since he was like 15, 16 years old. Hey Prince. He, he's seasoned, yo. Go ahead, Will. Hey, Prince, did you like did you like uh Furcon when he beat Portland? Man, I I, I had a jersey in the fanatics cart, ready to go. <laughs> Did you like Furcon when he uh when he uh sent the team in the OT those two games? Counter your question with a question. Do you know me? Yeah, I know you. Then you know if anybody wearing a Sixers jersey scores a point, I'm in love with <laughs> Right. So why so so that answers my question, dying on my hill. If he's wearing a Sixers jersey, why can't I just love him? Listen, you can love go ahead, you will. Because Brett Brown played him love too him. many damn minutes. I would like right. him so much more if he played like six minutes a game. All right, you got Doc Rivers now. You ain't got Brett Brown. Okay. That's true. That's true. Both of you guys know I was in a bad place with the Sixers like a couple weeks ago. Literally a couple weeks ago. No, he wasn't. You was in a bad place with the you was in a bad place in Sixers game with you and I went to Miami. Breaking news real quick. Uh the Clippers trade traded Landry Shamit to the Nets for the 19th pick. That's a good that's a good trade for the Nets. They want shooters. So that means T. Will, again, a nugget. That means Harris could be available. Correct. Correct. You Yo, know who else is it? You know, Brooklyn. Go ahead, KM. They have had our number for a couple years now, whether they've beat us or just played us hard. Guard play. Guard play. They are a very fast-paced, tough team. And we ain't seen him with KD yet. And now they just got the kick off to the side, kill him with the three guy. Like, I don't want to say these guys scare me. I'm too much of a basketball fan. I'm looking forward to watching oh, the yeah. Nets play. Like, the, the, the East Coast basketball is going to murder you, the you, West this you, year. See, you said you missed the podcast. You missed it. But you're echoing what T. Will and me was talking about, how the East – Tell them, T. Will, how oh, we, we got three educated East, basketball fans. How the East is going back to that <laughs> that era where you're going to – it's going to be some scoring, but it's going to be some fucking defense. Like, these guys are going to get after it. Like, points are going to be at a premium. Look at how low on the totem pole, like, in Indiana is. They're good. But like, they ain't Milwaukee good. They ain't – Oh, I'm saying they're low on the total. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Like, they're good, but that's, man, the East is so loaded now. Remember, the East used to be a joke. It's exciting. It's very exciting. uh, Yeah. Go ahead, T. Will. The East used to be a joke. We used to clown the East all the time. It was only two teams. We used to look forward to the uh, West games. (laughs) Yeah, facts. There was only two teams in the East that we always knew was coming out, and that was Boston. That was one. You always knew Boston was going to be there because they had Paul Pierce. And the second team was always Miami because they had D-Wade. Until LeBron came. Until LeBron came. Even prior to LeBron, D-Wade 
Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash. Wait, oh, man. During the Flash era, he was still bringing it. You know, he, yeah. and then LeBron came and made Cleveland, put Cleveland on the map. That gave you the you third wanna, team. See, you, you bring up D-Way. You want to talk about somebody's game evolved as he changed? Like, remember when, when he first came in, when he was Flash, athlete, like, he'll yoke over anybody. He could get to anywhere on the floor. Then as his athleticism sort of waned, he developed that mid-range game, that shot, the little subtle moves. Like, just real quick, can you talk about, like, what you've seen from D-Wade and, and the pantheons of two guards in the NBA? Where do you see him? He's up there, man. He's up there. He, he's at a two-guard position. He's probably, I say, top ten. Top ten. I'm not going to say, oh, top five, top – he's top ten. There's been a lot of two guards that came through the NBA. Now, you got, you got to go by error. In his error, he's probably top three in his error, top three. But if you expand outside his error and you go all the way back to when the NBA you – know, people say to the NBA started all the way till now, he's top ten. I put him in there with him, definitely. But – um. Real quick, I had a question for KM because he said something about the Nets always being scary, which is true. And you want to see this dogfight. However, do you know, I want to ask you on defensively, who you putting Ben on, Kyrie or KD? Uh, that's really going to depend on who's standing next to Ben. Um, but I put – I'm putting Ben – Based off of the team right now, exactly constructed, Ben on Kyrie. And, so and you're going you're going to live and die with uh, Tobias and Matisse on 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 KD. Going to have to because the way the team is designed right now, if you put Ben on KD, you just keep the ball in Kyrie's hand, eighty five percent of that game and. He goes off for 50 every time he plays the Sixers, without a doubt. Okay, so does Zach Levine move the needle for you to guard Kyrie? Or does Buddy Hill move the needle for you to guard to give you more opportunity? Well, Buddy Hill is much better on defense than Zach. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You got Daryl Morey is a smart guy. He's not going to just leave this team with holes like this. That's a hole. Zach Levine's like I said, there's smoke to it, but you gotta be you gotta think logic. You gotta start crisscrossing matchups right now in the East, Miami, Boston, and and Brooklyn, and you still have Toronto. So mm -hmm. you're gonna need to, you're gonna need yeah, defenders. Let's not Toronto, a bunch of no names that are making names for themselves. Right. So you're gonna have to get that player that's gonna give you that dog mentality and score. Zach Real Levine's quick. Go Real ahead. quick, fellas. Uh, that Adrian uh, Wode says that that's a three-way deal. That includes the Pistons with Luke Kennard heading to the Clippers. That's fine. So. They replace they replace a shooter with a shooter. Kennard Kennard right. can shoot. That's all. Right. Yeah. So and and they just moved. They moved. Uh, they just moved. They moved money. They moved contracts because I think Sham is coming up on. One or two more years. Kennard's on his last year, if you want to look that up. But I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So the Clippers are just freeing up money as well. And the Brooklyn pick is up. 
they're at 19. We're two picks away from the Sixers. So we'll get the Sixers picking a little bit and we'll break it down and then we'll 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 clear the deck and get out of here and go eat because I'm hungrier than a motherfucker. So Sixers ain't do nothing like to like move up. No. Like, it sounds like the person that there want Tyrese Maxey's still there. Um she will Sadie Bay is still there. Um and they just took it down, the best still available. So it sounds like who they want is still there, that they don't have to move, move. up. And Cole Anthony is still there, right? And Cole Anthony is still there, correct, T-Will. Who went at the top of the board? Who went one? Uh, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Where'd the ball kid go? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. He's here. He's with MJ. What number? Uh, three. Third pick? Yeah, good for him. Can you imagine Levar Ball coming in here trying to tell MJ? Listen, I've seen MJ up close. He slapped players in the head for missing free throws. Listen, <laughs> as an owner, he's going behind <laughs> and like slapping them in the head for missing the three throw. Let me tell you something. If Levar Ball for you, okay, yo, here's Papa Ball's chance. Papa Ball <laughs> made all his all his rep and. Whatever, you know, just ah, running his mouth. Oh, Here's his Hold chance. On. He's going to be in the same building. T Will, before you get into it, uh, T Will, uh, Sadiq Bay is going to uh, uh, Detroit. So they traded, they traded with Brooklyn then. They traded up. Detroit traded up. To get him. He's a good player. Yeah. They traded up to get Sadiq Bay. So he's coming off. So Tyrese Maxey's still on the board. Sadiq just came off. RJ Hampton's still on the board. Cole Anthony's uh, still on the board. Cole Anthony's still on the board. Um, hold on. I don't think he Oh, that just wasn't Jay Bell is best available. Wait a minute, did Cole Anthony come off the board? Let me check. Um I think he came off the board, T. Will. I'm going uh, off of your knowledge. I can't see where I'm at. I just see uh, highlights flashing, but I'm going to load up here. I wasn't planning on turning on the computer, Prince, but now you got me doing work down here. Hold on, because it didn't. Come on, yo. Oh, my... Why, why uh, Prince is doing that? So that just steps into the question that I was asking you. That brings in Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill's that guy that can help you guard uh, with lengthwise with KD, double team with Tobias, mm-hmm. rotate out with Matisse, and you can keep Ben on Kyrie because Ben frustrates Kyrie. We've seen that. Yeah. He he frustrates him. So yeah, that's he, can why sh- was- he can shut him down completely because he oh, can keep man. up with him in speed and agility, and he's twice the size of him. So it's, right. it's terrible. Terrible. Exactly. So that's why I said, you know, I don't I personally don't think the Sixers are done making moves. That's where I'm going at. I'm excited, y'all, for real. Cole Anthony went to Orlando. Okay, so he's off the board. Yeah, he went to Orlando. All right. And Sadiq Bay went to the Nets, which I think they're gonna trade him according to Woj. I don't I'm not loaded up down here. Once I load up, I'll give you another couple names that the Sixers were looking at. Off yeah, the top of my off the top of my head right now, I can't really think. Be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's all good. Um, why you why you load that up? Um, 
KM, um, what what most excites you uh, coming up in this uh, this season, this new season? Seeing, seeing, a, a, I'm beating a dead horse, but I'm excited because I think there isn't a chance in the world that we don't see Ben consistently shoot the ball this year. And, and I think this kid's so much in his head. I think he's so much in his head to where he's convinced he is the man and he's on top of the world and he's the best thing the world has ever seen. And I don't think he wants anybody to see him miss a shot. I think that's part of it. But I don't think that's all of it. I think Ben is extremely smart. And I'm going to compare Ben. You guys are going to like this. I'm going to compare Ben a little bit to like Gabe Kapler and Doug Peterson to where these guys got analytics written on paper in front of them in their ear and headphones. I think Ben's got analytics all in his head. And I think he knows basketball inside and out. And I think when the ball is in his hand and when he's up in the air to you and I, what's two seconds to him is 15, 20 seconds. And he's like, this shot's got this percentage. This pass has that percentage. But, And I think he's that smart and intelligent to a detrimental value. And I think Doc is going to slap that out of him. And there's no way, there's no way Doc is going to come into town and not have the conversation. I was actually thinking about this earlier. How does Doc not come into the conversation or come into the city and have the conversation to say, so Ben, what's up with the jump shot? However mm -hmm. Doc says it in a professional way, in a casual way, in, in a punch you in the gut way, how does it not come up? You think he's scared to bring up that elephant in the room? Absolutely not. So in my opinion, or in my guess, I'm thinking he probably brought it up man to man, heart to heart. Like, look, what's the deal? Let's get past it, whatever it is. You're the most talented, potentially, player in the league. What's the deal? That conversation had to happen. So I'm excited about that because I'm going to go into three seasons in a row saying this now. There ain't a chance that Ben don't shoot the ball this year. <laughs> I, yeah, this, hey, listen. There ain't listen a chance, this, this, this is the year. This is the year. If there was any year, this is the year. And I don't uh, think it's going to be, you know, kick it, kick it, kick it. No, it's just a couple shots a game. And that's all we need from him. He can still drop 20 without taking a jump shot. I, I'm excited about that. Legit. Right now, right now we got um, the Heat selects before the Sixers at number 20. How It would be so Pat Riley to get somebody that T-Will is about to tell me that the Sixers are looking <laughs> at. It would be so Pat Riley just to – because you know now – Miami versus the Sixers have become a nice little rivalry in the East, and I just feel like it's just it's just so Pat Riley, and he's going down to the wire for his selection. So we need uh, Pat Riley to stay away from Tyrese Maxey, Tyrell Terry, Desmond Bain, and oh, Malachi. Out. He's picking. 
He's picking Precious Achua. Okay, that's not on the board. Precious Achua, power forward from that's Memphis. A badass. I was gonna say he's got to be yeah. a piece of power forward. Precious yeah. Achua, you got to be big for that's another man to call you Precious. Hey, hey speaking about speaking about bigs, and the reason KM, another reason why this Al Horford trade to free up money was good is because Montrose Harold come Friday is going to be a free, uh, free agent. I thought they Mont- just signed him, T. Will. Nah, it came out that he's not opting in. Oh. He must be hearing that. Oh, shit. He must be hearing that if you make it to free agency, we got you. And he will be he will be so him silly. Him and Joe next to each other will be nice. You, you want to talk about him and Popeye Jones? Like, he already a man. So, so can you imagine that stank? That's what I thought Mike Scott was going to be. But Montreal, listen, when he called, um, yeah, 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 Come on, I, come on, I, come on, yo, don't make me call you T. Don't call me. Don't let me say TP twenty twenty. That was fucked up, yeah. That was fucked up. Don't make me say. Just, don't. (laughs) At the end of the day, Luca did the right thing. Right, Luca Luca did the right thing. Luca did the right thing because he shut down all social media talk about it. He shut it all down, all the ESPN talk about it, everything. Mm. He shut it down and said, get over it. It's good. Yep. It's Me good. and him were good. While we're, talking about, while we're talking about Luca, um, T. Will, I, I, I'm not going to ask what is Luca because I, I kind of know what he is, but man, like, He's unreal. Did you expect this? Did you think he would be this type of player? Not not this fast. No, okay. not this fast. No okay. one no one could have expected this this fast. If you did, then you need to go play the lottery. <laughs> he's he's just he he's different. And I didn't know he was that Big, he's six seven, so he's not like a slight guard, and he has girth to him, and he's not that typical European. You know how they get that soft label? Yeah, yeah. He's, but he's, he's been different. playing with the adults since he was like fourteen or something like that. Yeah, he's so, different, man. Luca's different. He Luca's that guy on the playground that you says, "Oh man, how come he didn't make it?" <laughs> Luca made it. He he. he not only did he make it, you can argue that he's probably MVP next year. MVP, and I'm saying maybe face of the league pretty soon. I mean, he he's that yeah, marketable. Yeah. Uh, he has Mark Cuban behind him. I mean, he's in the Dallas market, but he's transcending that because the dude, he has the media on lock. Whenever he He's like Patrick Mahomes, whatever he does, it's going to show up on SportsCenter. Yep. Hey, who did Brooklyn just take real quick? I see them showing highlights. Uh, they took Sadiq Bay and they traded him to Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Is that what they're showing right now? Yeah. The the proposed trade is to Detroit. 
So the Sixers are on the clock, right? The Sixers are on the clock right now. Three minutes on the clock, and I turned my phone over because I don't want it. I don't want it spoiled by woe. Who are we looking for? And Doc uh, Rivers we, got an interview we, coming. They out looking too. for a shooter. They looking. Yeah, for they're looking for. Uh, they looking for what they thought they were going to get in false man. So you could get Tyrese Maxey or, Ty, or yeah, Tyrell Terry, um, someone like that. Since Cole Anthony's off the board. Uh, either of those two, they're, only, they're my top three right there that look good in the Sixers uniform. But since we're on the clock, I'm going to put you on hold real quick because I got to watch it, you know. Go ahead, and, if you will. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll talk with Mark about something. Yeah, I'll jump right back. Okay, but All right, T. Will. T. Will, he'll be back. You know, he'll Yo, he will just like he knows what he he's talking watch. about. He, he don't just talk shit. I talk shit. I, I know what I'm talking about because I, I watch shit. a lot of basketball. He yeah. watches a lot of basketball. He does a lot of homework too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. That's why I I text him and he take. He said, "Say when." I was like, "Can you come on and just help me out?" You know, this is my first. Uh, it's a it's a real time Prince Blue episode, but it's also kind of a draft special where I wanna I wanted to just make it to the pick, talk about it, and then you know, uh, cap the show off that way. And he was just like, "Say less." So man, T Will wanted to. One of one of the good homies, man. He really looked out for me on this, and I appreciate that. But uh, let's get it. Like Doc Rivers is coming up for an interview, and I think if anything, like he's the best free agent that the Sixers could have picked up. I mean, let's be honest. He he's the best free agent. Yo, we done a lot of knocking on Brett, but like, I think I think him leaving here. Sometimes silence speaks a lot. Like Doc Rivers was scooped up in minutes. Brett's been unemployed for weeks. You know, like he even it, lost the Australian uh, Olympic job. I think I heard yeah, Australian like team. Yeah, silence speaks a lot. I like to see what it because I do like Brett. I I don't like him coaching my team, but I've said for a long time. Same thing I say about Doug, and he's getting on my nerves and a lot of people's nerves nowadays. People like them, they hold the, 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 the best value of a professional coach, which is get these guys to play ball. Get these guys to be cohesive and friends with each other and, and convince a group of millionaires that it's not you, it's us. You know, Charlie Manuel got knocked for years. I never knew what a double switch was until I heard so many people say Charlie. Man I never he heard can't the term do it. Yeah, he couldn't switch. do it. He I've can't never do heard it. the term double switch in my life until I heard a thousand people say Charlie Manuel doesn't know what double switch is. And I'm like, well, neither do I. What the fuck is a double switch? And then Charlie Manuel wins the World Series and he's going down in books in Philly for what? He's a man's man. Art, the pick is in, Mark, for uh, the Sixers. Uh, Woj is talking about the Al Horford deal right now. Uh, the Thunder have 17 first-round picks. Like, come on, man. What? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, let's see what the Sixers do. The pick is in. Uh, he... Uh, Silver hasn't come to the podium yet. Um, 
Get a guard that can shoot the ball. A uh, guard that can shoot, man. We we just need some electric shooter, like just instant, like pop, like like you gotta follow him around. Like you 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 gotta follow him through screens. And if he could be an athlete too, I'll take it. Because remember when JJ was guarded, JJ was crafty, but when he was guarded by more athletic guys, he struggled. Um, and he had to take a lot of off balance shots. Okay, here's Adam Silver. Maxi, they take Maxi for Kentucky, and he's happy. He's happy to be here. <laughs> you say yes. he's happy. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie Lynch. That was Jamie Lynch guy the whole time. Jamie Lynch from 95 yeah. Fanatic. And T. Will said that this was one of the guys that the Sixers bought in, and they was really, really, really interested in um, uh, T. Will going to give the analysis to him. Up there showing him next to LeBron. He was at LeBron's camp. And he was at Ben Simmons' camp. Like that. So, hey, he's around some lineage. Uh, so, T. Will will get in here and give us his analysis of what Max he's going to bring to the table. But he's a shooting guard. Shot maker. That's what they're saying. That's Shot maker and energetic defender. And I don't expect the kid to come out of college and change our team. No. I expect a piece that needs to be fit. And that's shooters. He looked like he has a set of uh, marbles on him, too. He's just pulling up from any damn where. Good. So. J.R. Smith mentality in my shooter. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Wait, hold up. No. Nah. As it was, as it sounded. <laughs> no, no, but this, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna still take J.R. Smith. No, but J.R. Smith got some. Even with my shooter, <laughs> he, he, he a little out there, yo. But um, Maxie's the pick. Uh, we're waiting for T. Will to get in here and break it down to us. Um, I'm excited. I'm happy because it's a damn shooter. It's not. They're not going. They didn't go powerful. They didn't try to be smartest person in the room. They 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 got shooter. They did the basketball thing, not the analytics oh, thing. They went and got a shooter, and I'm happy about that. Love football, girl. Why don't you want the maxi pad from Kentucky? She she she's not a fan. So I'm trying to figure out what is it about maxi pad. Basketball, Kyle. I don't know college basketball. Nothing. I watched one college basketball game in my life mm -hmm. and it was by coincidence me and alicia were doing taxes a couple years ago and there was we scrolled through the guy there was nothing on and the villanova game was on i'm like i heard this game is supposed to be a shit championship game. it was the shot game mark you're just full of stories i ever watched in my life bro T. Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us something Matthew, about him. Talk, talk to me. It's the pick. I just, just before I went on, I, I was, that was the first name you I mentioned, it. right? Yeah. That was the that was the pick. That's the guy. That's that combo guy you want on the court. Uh, he looks like a fun-loving kid, man. 
like I said, Prince, we got robbed not seeing these kids play in March Madness, but um, it he's he fits, he fits, what he fits, he? In, he he fits in the doc system. Um, he's a score. He's a score. He's a he. He's the Landry Shamit that they had in 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 L.A. He's that he's that Lou Will that you're looking for. Someone that's going to get you buckets. He can fill it up. He's a creator too. Correct. Yeah, he can ball handle also. So okay, so he's that combo guard that. Oh, Doc is about to talk. He's talking now. Of course, I can't pay attention to what he's saying. But hey, I don't need you. Don't need to pay attention. You got your guy. I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking about analysis. I'm just trying to see like what is he. What is he gonna uh, be talking about? But um, he, he's going to talk uh, about. The, he's going to talk about. I'll tell you exactly what Doc's going to tell you. Okay, what he's going to tell he's, me. He's going to say, you know. The, the intangibles and the measurables of Tyrese Maxey is something that you can't that you can't over overlook. You know, he turns twenty in the uh, he just turned twenty. He's gonna turn turn twenty this month. He's he's six three with a six six wingspan. He's about two hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying? He's long. Okay. So he's long. You know, he he don't have the full height that you're looking for, but he's got the length. He's got a six six wingspan. That ain't that ain't bad. He's a perfect fit. Uh, for Philly, um, but we've heard that before. Just questions mm-hmm. about his jumper because he only shot twenty nine percent from beyond the arc. But as Jay Billis just pointed out, he shot over forty percent against the top teams from beyond the arc. So he looks like so when, when the lights, lights is on, yeah, we when the lights, yeah. Yeah, when the lights are on, he's going to show up. That's what you need, you know. And so let, I mean, let's be honest, he will. In college, he didn't have. A behemoth superstar like Embiid sucking in defenses, so those no. shots are going to be a little more easier. He didn't have a six foot ten gazelle uh, sucking uh, defenders into the uh, the paint to give him an easy shot. He just got to make them. So he, he, the game's going to be there for him. The shots are going to be there. I'm looking at highlights right now, and he, you know he goes to the basket. The kid goes to the basket without fear, and that's another thing you like to see. You like to see him come, someone that's on attack the rim as well. Free so, throws, you know, at the end of the yes, game. Yes, less of a liability. Yes, you know, he has body control when he's going to the rim. He's not going to the rim wild. You know, he adjusts on the fly. So, you know, it's 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 what you want. You wanted you you need a combo type guard to play next to Ben. So if you want to put Ben as the point guard and label him as the point guard, you put Maxie at the two. Yes, you're going to need someone like Maxie at the two. You know, that's why. Go ahead, KM. It's very seldom that a uh, a player in the NBA outside of top three, five makes an impact right away. We talked about that. Past ten, it gets even more. Um, it's very seldom that a rookie comes into Philadelphia and makes an impact right away. We need a shooter on this squad. Is this kid going to make a one to 10 impact this year? Go one to 10. I'm not, I'm not expecting seven to 10. So you're one to 10 and, and break that down. Why? I'm going to give you a five on it. 50, 50. Well, you know Why? And it's the same thing I said earlier with Prince when you before you came on, KM. We're being robbed of a full off season. 
the NBA's got to create a bubble for these guys to play. They're not going to have a summer league. They're going to come right into camp and start hooping. So it's going to all everyone, including Maxie for the Sixers and everyone else who got drafted, ball for the Hornets, they're all going to be behind. They're going to be behind in pace. So we might see sloppy ball, even from the veterans. Uh, like I said earlier, LeBron's only getting a 70-day rest, and the Miami Heat only 70-day rest, where teams that didn't make the bubble, they're getting over 200 days of rest. You see what I'm saying? So to answer that question and be a fool and say, oh, yeah, he's going to bring you 7 to 10, that's not happening. It's just not happening. It's a 50-50. I don't know if Maxie's been playing since March. I don't know that. Do you know that? No one knows. I know. Probably out yeah. back. Oh. Out back. That's right. Out back. You know, it's this is a unique situation. We won't see Maxie's growth until next season. Not this season, the following season. And then you might have Harden on the team. You you never know. You might have a A-list player on the team with him. That's going to open the floor more with him. Ben might be the A-list player that we all know he can be after this year. There's a lot of what is. If, if, if Ben makes that jump, they may not need to do something that drastic. Cam, or am I am I wrong? No, you're right. I believe in these guys so much. I, I just want to slap them sometimes. You know, I, I believe in them so we all do. damn much. We all do. We're, we're frustrated because we see it, but we also see that coaching matters. Development matters. And bad habits, like Cam, when you're when you when you're training me and you see me doing something like if you're if you see me doing an exercise wrong, instead of you letting me get through it, you'll stop it and you'll be like, no, fix it, and you'll start over. Like you can't let because if I get lazy, then I'm gonna think I can keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And that's pretty much like T will said behind the scenes, that's what they've been doing, showing up to practice and flip-flops, uh Saying they gonna practice, not gonna practice, half-assing it, no accountability. That shit gotta stop, and I think it will stop with Doc Rivers. So, Arguments um, uh, well, we got the pick in. Km broke it down. Uh, I want to go around and give people thirty seconds. Uh. I want to start my 30 seconds. I told people I was going to address the Anna Horford thing. For people don't know, Anna Horford said, no, matter of fact, go ahead, KM. Do your 30 seconds. I want to end it. Go ahead, KM. <laughs> go Sixers. Got me believing again. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I told all the Sixers they could kiss my ass. I told them they could kiss my ass because they didn't play hard. They didn't play up to their potential. They didn't improve from the year before, and that was detrimental. If you improve a giant step, that's asking too much, and that's beautiful for all fans. I'm asking to improve on what your flaws were, and last year I saw no improvement from flaws. And just from the office management coaching, all these upgrades, I am so on board because I do not believe, 
I don't believe for a second that there won't be improvement directly on the court. And I'm looking forward to it. And I think this season is going to be fun and exciting. And I have no idea what to expect because we just spoke a few minutes ago. East Coast basketball is going to be smoking this year. And as a fan, let's go. My man, my man. I appreciate you, KM, as always. Thank you, bro. Uh, Love you. Appreciate uh, you coming in and joining us. And we're all we're all waiting, man. We're I, I mean I, I I'm immediately thinking like how they gonna update and put the rookies on two K twenty one. That's what my mindset is. <laughs> like like who, who, who gonna create the roster? <laughs> Typical. <laughs> listen to you, man. Listen, leave it. Come on, T Will. Come on, man. <laughs> Go ahead, T Will. Yeah, yeah. Um, Come on, man. Don't waste your thirty seconds roasting me. And my 2K21 loves. Go ahead, oh, man. Oh my god. <laughs> hey man, listen. To to all to all the prince to Prince Minions out there uh, and all his followers, man. Congratulations on doing what you're doing, man. And uh keep doing it. And you know I'm 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 here with you. Like KM man, I got mad love for you. Likewise. Uh, K KM's like K, me and KM, you know, that's a that's like a brotherhood between us. So uh you know, appreciate you jumping on with us, KM. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to tell you, man, listen to Philly Full Court Press, man. Just yeah, Apple, Spotify, uh, Anchor, we on there. Google it. You'll see what we've been doing, and, and you see our rankings on amongst other Sixers podcasts. You know, we're doing what we're doing. So, you know, check us out on Last Out Media Network. And if you guys want to jump on with Last Out Media Network, just hit up lastoutmedianetwork.com and, uh, you know, as Prince did and as I, I did, and, you know, you come, become part of the team. So, you know, Prince, me, me, me and Prince, we're not just uh, – you're not – we're just not team members. We we brothers, you know, in this. So, you know, we, we stick together. So I got his back. He got my back. And, uh, you know, just follow, listen, man, as I say on, on the podcast, Mark, follow the tea leaves. Come up with your own opinion. Don't always go with that first that first initial thought and reaction. I.e., you don't get a superstar trading trading duds. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Outside the AD trade, you will get a superstar for trading duds as long as you put the other team in position to become better. That's what draft draft stock, and that's what uh, capital. That's it. My man, uh, appreciate you, T. Will. Appreciate you, brother, for coming on. You know, you and I, we always talk about how we can make each other better. We on the same family as uh, far as the network, but we're also competitors. But we never lose sight of when you get – when you blow up, I blow up. When I blow up, you blow up. We always trying to uh, egg each other on, try to make each other better, and that's what I love about you, man. You is one of the people – that I reached out to about this, like, yo, how do you make yours sound so professional? How you make yours sound so good? Um, your your super producer, Nat, you know, he gave me pointers, man. You just you just took me under your wing, man, and, and you and you teaching me the business, and I appreciate it, man. And uh, thank you for jumping on and giving me uh some insight, some sixes insight. Like I said, I go to you, like honestly, I just be having woes just to have woes and. <laughs> Whatever, but when when you break down the game, 
Like, I'm not going to him talking about Doc Rivers' system. I'm going to T. Will. And when it's talking about, like, tea leaves and things that's not being seen, like, I'm going to you because you got your people and he got his. We all don't have the same people, but I trust you more because you ain't going to just – you ain't a mouthpiece for the uh, team or for an agent. You're a lifer, and you want what's best for the Sixers, so you're going to report it as you see it and as you hear it. So I appreciate that. Oh, um, man, thank you. Thank you very oh, much yeah, for no, that. No doubt, man. Now, Anna Horford. Uh-oh. Y'all don't know Anna let Horford. Me hit, let me hit mute so I don't say nothing. <laughs> Anna Horford said, she tweeted, you know, her brother got traded to OKC. She tweeted, Pretending to fuck with Philly was exhausting. The most miserable fans in the M- NBA. Then she proceeds what? to uh, screenshot uh, uh, people that tweeted her said, like, well, guess what, slut? Now your brother can rot on the bench at OKC. Bye, whore. Goodbye, you bitch. Fuck you, Anna, whore, for all that stuff. Okay, That's let's insane, let, 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 let's get this out the way. All fan bases have their extremes. And to you, and to you gentlemen... That's going that hard with that little dick energy to a female. Y'all need to check yourself. Like, come on, man. Like, y'all yeah. don't have to talk to a female like that to get your point across. It's basketball. It ain't that fucking serious, yo. But I will tell you this. Anna Horford, you never fucked with us from the beginning. As soon as you got here, you was bitching and complaining about how you miss Boston. Every time we played Boston, you would tweet out pictures how I miss the garden. Remember this, Boston? The most racist-ass city that will still make you drink from a color-only fountain you couldn't get enough of. This is Philadelphia, baby. You not half in. You all in. So we we one thing about Philadelphia is just like New York or anything else. We could smell a phony. You was phony the moment Al got here. We knew you ain't from around here. You ain't built for Philadelphia. And the moment you complaining this shit about your hundred and three million dollar brother getting paid and he performing, and you complaining about how you miss Boston, our rivals, yeah, bye, enjoy OKC, I enjoy the Clayton Bigsby's of the world and all that shit. Where the only famous black people is the people on the team, and good luck to that. But you may get away with it because you're light skinned. So you may get away with little, but we all know what it is. Have fun in OKC. We good in Philly over here. Have fun with that rebuild with the fake ass twin towers. Him and uh, what's his name? The center in OKC. Have fun Steven with Adams. Steven Adams. Have fun with that fake ass twin towers. We good over here, bruh, sis. Whatever you want to call it. Have fun in OKC. Have a nice life. Don't talk. Pretty much, you never fuck with us. So you know what we doing? We giving each other the bird on the way out. So bye, Anna Horford. Bye, Felicia. Get out. Philadelphia. Thank you. Once again, you may have been extreme, but you showed. If you don't fuck with us, we don't fuck with you. And that's my rant. Go Sixers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh man. One power. <laughs> boogie Woogie. <laughs> <laughs> Ingress make me sick. Boogie Woogie. 
with the Clayton Bigsby's of the world. Jimmy can't understand you. Go back to where you came from. Hey, turn that music off. Wait a goddamn. Wait a goddamn minute, Rondell. Oh my god. But oh man, but I appreciate y'all. This has been real time, Prince Blue. Y'all can catch me, Spotify, Anchor, all that good stuff. Just ask Alexa and Siri. Check out the gear. Uh, big things still coming ahead. Make sure you check out my brother T. Will. Make sure you keep checking out my brother Karate Mark. He's doing good things. Um, yeah. I will see y'all on Sunday. Make sure y'all look out for the Battle of the Sexes on Sunday. It's me. And main event against Shantae and Live the Great, another Last Out Media um member. And we're gonna take this home for the fellas. Listen, I tried to get somebody to be in my spot so I could just be the moderator, but nobody wanted to do it. So I said, fuck it, I'm just gonna step in. We're gonna take this shit because I'm sick of it. And they both light skinned. So I'm gonna take out 300 years of frustration on the light skinned people. <laughs> there, I said it. Uh, y'all have a good night. I'm about to go eat. <laughs> I love y'all, man. Peace out. Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last time me, they gonna be pissed off. This shit long as hell. But just break it up in twos. I don't give a shit. This was quality <laughs> damn programming. And we out.